But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. Hey Danny. You well? Yeah, great. My man and Lindsay, Danger Doyle, what's the story? How are you? Lads. <laughs> we're all a bit emotional. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute though. I, 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 I have no problem at all in admitting I absolutely love like magic and escapology and like illusions. And I like that and it makes me go, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and your man's sitting so I'm already <laughs> freaking out. <'cause laughs> He's already emptied your wallet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because like my bank account's already gone. And, <laughs> but, uh, Get I, your hand out of your pocket, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your underpants are gone as well. I'm, I'm holding on to my phone and they're live because there's sex on that. And like, <laughs> <laughs> Our guest this week is Paul Gleason, a.k.a. Rua, escapologist, magician, but like you've you've everything going for you in that world, haven't you? I try my absolute best to cover as many bases <laughs> as possible. Yeah, it's mad. Like I, I'm not when I was a kid. Like I got a Houdini book and a little thing to tell you how to do tricks. Brutal, lad. I got the same thing. It was actually all right. You know the 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 marbles under the cups. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was good at that. Was very, it's a classic of mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine mine was card tricks, and I just I didn't have the patience or the intelligence <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is most magicians actually start out by being given like a kit when they're kids like a paul daniels kit or something like that but i never actually got any of that stuff at all oh. i started out late i started when i was 18, 18. so but most of the magicians that like, you mean it's really odd they kind of take it up when they're kids uh and I, i'd be as bold as to say 90 percent of magicians around the world they're they're weird like, they're <laughs> weird i was like they really are genuinely like they take it up because it's a social crutch yeah. Uh, Jaron Brown says that magic is the fastest, most fraudulent route to impressing somebody. So oh, if you're kind of the dweeby kid at school and you can't impress girls because you're not into sports and you've nothing going for you, but suddenly you can learn this cool thing that makes everyone go, oh my God, that's really cool. Suddenly you become interesting. But uh, they put so much time on rehearsing in their rooms on tricks that they don't actually gain any social skills <laughs> or how to talk to girls. But, <laughs> so. but they get the groobies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Which yeah. percentile do you fall into? Which yeah, <laughs> I still can't talk to girls. <laughs> <really good> magic, <laughs> so. Look, we'll we'll talk way more about all that because lads, I'm not. Gonna, I actually love that shit. Like, so we'll talk way more about it. But and girls as well. We, yeah, and, and girls, but we have another magic moment to talk about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good, good join there, lads. My heart is still going ninety. Notorious. I can I just say I text you two afterwards because I had a feeling you are both going to be dead with a cardiac arrest, and not <laughs> one of you texts me back. We'll talk about this after. See, <laughs> 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 no, so, no, right, no, fuck it. Right? We, uh, That's not nice, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't text me back. Well, like, I told you, you, you were invited to yeah. our proceedings. Exactly, we invited you. I had invited prior you. engagement. We, you didn't, well, tell you didn't us say that. <laughs> you just ignored the three <laughs> invitations. You brought this up. We want to hear this. We'll take you down. There were several messages within a group WhatsApp saying, lads, my guy for the fight's deadly. No reply. And then on Saturday, I think even a text saying, lads, about half 11, 12, yeah? Yeah, and I replied to that, what, with a question mark? Do we need to look at it? It was a notification, because... 
like you knew I well I had plans to watch the fights well we didn't well, you didn't tell us anyway Danny you three times I bought nuts and protein bars you didn't your and protein you should have seen me and Graham sitting there and all we wanted all we wanted was a pizza and instead we are left because I spent all my money on health snacks. <laughs> you get a grip. We were eating kale crisps, for God's sake. Swear on someone's life. No, I'm not yeah. 12. <laughs> Natasha's kitchen kale crisps. That's what you're eating. Yeah. They, they taste like balls. Did the fucking Domino's delivery man pick them up for you? We didn't get pizza. <laughs> we genuinely didn't get, didn't get pizza. pizza. Good. Good. I'm proud of you. John got pizza. John got pizza. But we didn't, genuinely, we didn't. And he even got chips. And he's like, do you want chips? I was like, no. No. I Lindsay could be here any minute. <laughs> I did have uh, a packet of Boost Bites, though, that I, I was packing at. They were delicious. They were. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> we also had uh, a can of Monster and a can of Iron Brew. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Brew was fucking delicious. I just brought two litres of water. <laughs> that was topped up by Red Bull. That's, I can't even slag because I was at a Christmas party and had about my own body weight in Pavlo. Oh, it's grand. You were at Christmas party. Right. Yeah, so you blew us off. Yeah. Went to party. bed and got up at 3 a.m. Yeah, well, we didn't go to bed because we were deadly and we didn't, you know, we didn't ditch anybody. We stuck to our plan. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, UFC 194, Paul's sitting here and he's feeling fierce. I couldn't say, like, <laughs> didn't sign up to this. Yeah, just want to get in the <laughs> way of your domestic. Going on, yeah. <laughs> Don't disappear, huh? That's a joke. Lads. <laughs> we knew he would win. Got? We didn't think it'd be that easy. I'm, I'm still, like, I've, I'd say I've watched the clip now, all 13 seconds of it, about 150 times. Yeah. Genuinely, just, like, on my phone and working all just going, did it actually happen, didn't it? And then, like, and, like, <laughs> yeah, I'll keep watching it as well. Look, I've turned it into a five-round fight. I've watched it that many times. It's <laughs> 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 like, ridiculous. It was unbelievable. You know? just got into a state of shock, man. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I, uh, my prediction was that if WEC Aldo showed up, he's going to cause problems. But if it stays as a stand-up, I don't think... I didn't my think Galo was going to be able to take Connor in a stand-up war. I, I flip-flopped a lot during the week. So did I. At the start of the week, I was like, McGregor has it. Then in the middle of the week, I got the nerves. And I was like, oh, what if Aldo does it? Then towards the end of the week, I was like, no, McGregor has it. Early Saturday morning, I was like, oh, what if Aldo's leg kicks, like break his leg or something? That's what I was thinking as I, well. And then, and then Saturday night, we were watching it. Well, I just eventually just bit the bullet. I was like, that's it, McGregor, second round. You week. always do that. Like, yeah. We've, we've been, Seb and Danny have been at the, the Connor's last two Vegas shows and you did that, you do that a lot an hour before the fight where Connor's, he's going to win. He's going to win. That's it. And I haven't been wrong yet, so yes. No. <laughs> and I think before the party fight, you said uh, he was going to do it in the first round. Yeah, I did. I called first round for that fight, yeah. I had it, I was just like if Connor survives the first round because Aldo's most dangerous in the first round. So it's like if we survive the first round, we're golden. Yeah. Did you watch it, Paul? Thirteen. I seconds. sure did. Yeah, absolutely. I loved every second of it. Beautiful. All, All thirteen. 13. All thirteen. Yeah. All 13, Do you know yeah. my favorite bit about the whole thing is? I'm sure you've seen the clip where it's it's from uh, one of the UFC embedded where he's cycling on the bike and da 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 da. It's the motherfucking D-O-G. That is the I most. I love that, that so much. It's so infectious or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really better than the fight. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they made it. Uh, the, the fight highlight. The Ryan. Where he's like, I'm going to finish him in the first round. Yeah. And then I call the video for the song next episode comes on and then he's Have just you? going down the bike. There's yeah. one that's even better. There's one that, uh, like, it's it's the start of next episode and it's like John McCarty bringing them into the middle and all I and it's like that bam 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 and then just as he hits the knockout it goes to him going it's the motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's deadly uh, he's a character for, for 
like to represent Ireland. Ah, oh, he is. Ah, he's brilliant. Well, that type of person, I think the most of us are. Anyway. It's but gas because like a lot of people are grown to him now. Like this, some of the people. Now I got rid of a few people after UFC one eight nine. When I say got, when I say got rid, I just unfollowed a couple of people. And uh, so it was great this weekend because I was gobshoy proof on Facebook <laughs> where there was nobody, like there was people when we were for the Dustin Pore fight. What was it, Danny? Someone questioned the legitimacy of the knockout. That he hit him on the back of the head, yeah. wasn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. No, it was. It was uh, Pore went down too easy. Went down too easy. Oh, he took a dive, like. Yeah, it was just. Oh, no. Here. Obviously, this person this is the person that's never been punched in the head with MMA gloves on before. Like. Possibly, yeah. That's what Connor was saying after. It's like these are four inch gloves. like um, Four ounce gloves. Four ounce. Four inch. Four ounce. <laughs> um, I keep four getting inches, people. Jesus. And like, it's, it's like they're the only person in the world that's ever said it. Like, did you watch the fight the weekend? Yeah. All 13 seconds of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like. Jeez, imagine paying for money to go to see that for 13 seconds. I was like, there's a few I problems with that. There was five hours of fighting on before yeah. Connor's fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and imagine going to Vegas to watch him getting a hiding for 25 minutes. Like, 25 well, minutes. That's well, the best possible result well, you'd want. Course. I was going to say, like, he took absolutely no damage bar his wrist from when he absolutely knocked out. I know, he took that hook on the way down. I was impressed with Aldo's whilst knocking out, landing a left hook. That's just that could his eye. That could his eye. That just goes to show you how dangerous yeah, the fight was. He's got scar tissue. That was a scar tissue. Yeah, it was a badly stitched. Yeah, he is. Like like scar tissue scar from tissue. the Chad Mendes. You fight. see that with all the lads, the fighters, they, they cut up easy if they've I didn't had a lot of punishment. Realized that open back up, did it? It does. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. On Saturday, I said it was. Yeah, yeah. Did you not see it? No, yeah. I seen redness, but I didn't think it. I didn't yeah, think it cut up. He said it was a bad stitch job. But I know a couple of the guys, I can't think who now, but in the UFC, the long timers have had surgery to remove scar tissue because they're cutting too easy. Can't I got yeah. into a state of shock anyway. I'm sitting beside my friend John O'Danny's brother, <coughs> and I was like, Is it over? Is it over? And then I tried to l- like use his shoulder with my arm. I tried to stand up, and I was thinking, <laughs> That was amazing. These these legs don't work <laughs> and then I tried that maybe they will now maybe they will <laughs> miracles now. can happen Conor McGregor can make me walk yeah. I was thinking right I'll just discard me trying to use John O'Shaughter to stand up by hugging him right. <laughs> so I just proceeded to See, hug it's, him it's mad him and because all. there's been a few events that I've got Graham to try and stand up did you ever hear the time Graham went to Lourdes no and they <laughs> thought that if you went through the holy water be able to stand Fuck off. Yeah, he came out with four new tires though, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think at that point though, I was in the telly. I was actually in yeah, the telly were. and then I ran over and hugged you and gave John a death because John O'Murray, Tornco, had money on Jose Aldo. Yeah. I seen he put some on Facebook about his accumulator or something. So. I was like, did I read that right? <clears throat> and it was great yeah. because we woke their, their mother up and she came downstairs. She's like, who won? It's like, yeah. you for real? Like, <laughs> you just screamed the house down. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold fight, which is I'm amazing. heartbroken. We haven't even mentioned uh, Damien Moya, Gunnar Nelson, which was a fascinating, like, Moya dominated, but it was still amazing to watch. Yeah, I enjoyed two it, Two yeah. technicians just going, you know, Max Holloway, I thought, put on a bit of a clinic as well. I thought he was very good, like, just... I enjoyed uh, Gunnar getting out of a lot of... Um, yeah. There was two 10-8 rounds, like... Yeah, that was crazy. Still, like. I enjoyed him getting out of uh, some of the... Yeah, jiu-jitsu um, um, it, it, look I think I don't think it was I don't think it was a good a card overall as 189 but I think the, the way it finished yeah. Trump's at like just incredible the like. post fight press conference was amazing where he, he just took over he yeah. pretty much had his own conference more or less did have his own press conference yeah. um, did you watch Mendes Edgar at all yeah yeah, yeah. 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 that was amazing yeah. Yeah. Was really I didn't know what was going what? on when um when uh, Frankie landed the punch, I was like, "What the hell? What? 
just yeah. it's phenomenal. It just, I think yeah. Frankie Edgar's fantastic. Yeah. I do. I, I love Frank. Frankie's one of them fighters that ninety nine percent of his fights, I'm gonna be cheering for him. Yeah. That one percent is if he fights McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Like genuinely, it's just I. I, I love Frankie. Love I don't fight. want that fight to happen. To be honest, I don't I want to do have to be in that position. I see. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's a dangerous fight for Conor. I think. Dangerous Jose Aldo was a dangerous fight. Yeah. Chad yeah. Mendes was a dangerous fight. Dustin Poirier at the time look, was a dangerous look, when, fight. When no, you're I didn't, champion, think, didn't think any of that. When you're the champion, there's no such thing as a non-dangerous fight, I think. Everyone's yeah. able to get you. Like, so. Of course. Um, but just on that, touching back on our, our last podcast with Charles Allen, all his predictions were wrong. Yeah. yeah. So. He was wrong. He's been wrong in July as well. Was he wrong in July? Did yeah, he say Mendes, did he? But um, I, I came under a bit of stick. People saying that I had an American accent when I was talking to him. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. We had Chael Sonnen on last week. Bro. I saw that. I saw it on Twitter. I saw yeah. exci- your excited little photo. I should have seen my excited everything. You were nervous, Rex. Um, I think that's all I, I was. Oh, stop. But I, I had to because the first time that I talked to him. You had to talk American? Like, I had to, like, modify my accent, like, because. It wasn't. Comic Fields wasn't going to cut it. Yeah, the first time that I talked to him, he had a little bit of trouble understanding me. So I knew I had to ease back on the Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice this, even yeah. when I listened back to it. So I, I think what happened was I just enunciate more, like, or I just slow down a little bit, or. <laughs> But you have yeah. to slow down yeah, and finish it. For finish the Yanks. words as opposed to going right. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I lived in America for a while, so I know they, they, have, they have problems with that. Yeah, it's mad. It's like it's it's so Even when the, the Q&A there before the weigh-ins on Friday night, uh, it was all the Irish took over the Q&A and they were asking questions. And Megan, uh, Olivia, Olivia yeah. hadn't a clue. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we don't, what are you saying? Yeah, they're probably drunk as well, in fairness. It's yeah. probably yeah. amplified and stirred a bit. One o'clock in the day. Yeah, well, that's Holly Holm came on and then they all lost their too. minds. I was going to say, the, the other highlight of the weekend was the Irish fans. Yeah, yeah. Now, bar the two absolute arseholes who got in a fight and managed to get a plane turned around. That was in JFK, who, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Who, who should have their pa- passports revoked. <laughs> um, I think the footage that has came out some of the fans at that, that Q&A were priceless but then the fans doing the 12 pubs and the videos that have emerged of Holly the, the lads going through casinos literally just singing and dancing into a pub to get their drink and then they move on to the next hotel yeah. the next casino do the same again like brilliant unbelievable scenes they're absolutely just but we know what it's like because we've been at the two fights and getting yeah. out of the stadium is just amazing <laughs> But that's, it just seems as though it's become an event. Like, I know people who are at that fight who have never watched a UFC fight before, mm. but it's become now an event. It's like yeah. kind of, you know, well, it's not the same as obviously, but it's similar to kind of Electric Picnic or Oxygen where you go for the crack. Yeah. Like, three girls I know who genuinely, they wouldn't even be able to name a fighter other than Conor McGregor or Jose Aldo were at it. And literally their Snapchat story for the 24 hours of that period was literally just them. On the last with about 500 other Irish fans. That's brilliant. I going that. from casino to casino. having It just looked like the biggest party ever. It was amazing. And I thought they were all there for one guy as well. Who yeah. they probably never even met. And to have that level of support. I think everyone, well, anyone who's watching it now, they kind of fancy themselves a bit, as a bit of an expert. Like, I don't know anything about jiu-jitsu really or that. But I know I could talk about different fights and stuff. But yeah. I wouldn't know anything like what you guys would know technically. Oh, well, you know, we all get a drink in us in the pub, and suddenly we're like, oh no, he's going to go down. As if, we, as if we have a clue. Like, you know, but I like that as well. That's the kind of Irish bravado. It, yeah, definitely. It, yeah. It's a huge part of that. Irish bravado, I think, is a good way of putting it. That's a great way of putting it, Paul, yeah. 
there, there is just something about it. Like I absolutely thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've absolutely loved the last sort of seventy-two hours or so yeah. since the fight, and it's just been oh, even the Irish fans serenading Holly Holm. That was the best. That was amazing. That was my opinion the best non-fight moment of the last. Yeah. yeah, it was three days of USC events, and that was I think that was one of my favorite. Absolutely. But even huge, by the way, isn't she? Oh, yeah, huge. Size of shoulders. Jesus, I didn't know yeah. fighting Ronda Rousey. She didn't look that yeah. big on yeah. stage. Oh my lord, crazy like um, but. He's gas an Irish fan says to Holly Holm, uh, how close were you for fo- uh, fighting Katie Taylor? And she's like, yeah, we, we tried to get that going a couple of years ago. She'd fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole crowd just... Don't, don't <laughs> get me wrong, I, I love Katie and all, but I'm not so sure, she, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think Katie Taylor would be... They were trying, remember, that it was four years ago, I'd say, they were trying to fix that up and the yeah. IABA wouldn't let Katie Taylor take a yeah, professional there, fight. There's a reason for that, like... Yeah. Um, but... Oh, lads, look, it's still just... It's going to be one of them that's talked about forever now. That's the it. Like it's, glow, yeah. Mm, yeah. it's incredible what happened. Like, I love um, you just retired now. <laughs> <laughs> retired on top. Man, I, like, I, I want to get another another bandwagon fight in. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. My nerves could handle it. Like, after the Weidman fight, I was gutted. And then I was just like, I nearly had to just... I was like, I, I don't know if I'm able for this. I can't. Yeah. The, the other Thank thing, God it didn't go into the second round. Yeah, the, dead. the other thing that I just wanted to, to highlight and then close off on 194, because... As much as we say we're not an MMA podcast, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, some of the scenes as well that you're seeing with fighters and fans, like, and I just think in terms of access to the athletes when it comes to it, like the UFC and MMA in general, there's just no sport that gets even close to it. Like, mm. like Aldo was proper knocked out. Like, picture any other sport where a guy who got that badly humiliated or that lost that badly. A couple of hours later, walking around the hotel, taking photos with fans who were cheering for the other guy. Yeah, yeah. did that happen? Did, it? did you not see the photos, man? Amazing. There's great photos of. There, actually, there's um, there's one video we seen where uh, they put up a caption. I think it was the knocked out by McGregor support club or something. Oh like yeah, that. Chad Mendes and, and Jose hugging each other. No, no, it's it's Irish fans queuing up to hug Aldo, <laughs> like. <laughs> Which is hilarious, but at the same time, it's kind of nice, don't yeah. we? And it's like kind of like, look, we gave you that. The fight's over. Our guy won. Thanks, no sympathy thanks for everyone. Oh, like, I don't Ronda either, went into hiding for six months. Like, yeah, exactly. And then you have guys <laughs> the like the fight was only last month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and other than that, Marine Ball, she hasn't been out. <laughs> yeah. She's been at home. Yeah. <laughs> you have to give it to them. Like they, in terms of their overall product, like the way they do the embedded, the everything they do, oh, they, 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 they're just masters of promotion and access mm. and yeah. getting people behind the fighters so that you actually understand it. Like, if you, if you imagine, like, I know they're starting to do it better with boxing now on Sky and stuff. With like the Fury Klitschko stuff and maybe the Anthony Joshua stuff, mm. but if other sports did that, it could be really, really interesting as well. Like imagine yeah. rugby teams did that, and but it's because it's all under one banner with UFC. Obviously, that it wouldn't work. Eddie Hearn has commented on on what you're saying to, to, to back that up. He has said, you know, we should take a leaf out of our book yeah. in terms of presentation and yeah. and stuff like that. Absolutely, that would, that would be probably my biggest criticism of like professional rugby and professional football is that the the athletes are kind of almost cornered away like do you know what I mean like, unless they're in an AIB ad or exactly, like, yeah. they're exploding into flames <laughs> while they're doing back squats and stuff like that but they do but, glorify uh, a few players and make them into stars oh absolutely yeah. yeah you know but I think like on the, on the most part like I've I've heard uh, no I'm not I've heard good stories too but I've just heard of guys being impossible to access like just really really tough to get anywhere near them whereas do you know, look at Chelsea with us like when you say you mean like in terms of the rugby players 
Uh, rugby players and professional football. You know, my brother, when, my brother's a journalist for the Irish Times. Um, he, when he first started out, he was right. He had, he was the editor of a newspaper in UCD. Called, I think it was the College Tribune. Yeah, the College Tribune. Yeah, yeah went that's the UCD. Yeah, yeah. So I hope that was. The, I know there's two. I hope that's the one. If he's <laughs> listening to this, I'm really sorry, Colin. The, the other one was the Observer, <laughs> and it was a rag. Yeah, he was the Tribune <laughs> then. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing that one. But um, he wanted to get an interview with Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah, and he went through loads of different ways of doing it, and he managed Brian Driscoll's dad as his manager, and he managed to get in touch with the dad, and apparently they were just they couldn't have been nicer. Yeah, uh, and something else came out of that as well. You know, DJ Carey, the hurler. Yeah, yeah. He had some falling out. I think it was with the Independent years and years and years before this, and he said he'd never do an interview with them again because it was on the day of an All Ireland final he was playing. They ran a piece about him getting a divorce with his wife, and. Um, my brother was trying to get a job with, with the Sunday Independent and he had interviewed DJ Carey while he was a student and they said if you can get us an interview with him, to, if you can get him to do an interview with the Sunday Independent we'll give you a job and he managed to get the interview as well no and way. DJ He's Carey just was just, because he trusted the journalist to do a, to do a good job a good and, said, yeah. and Colin, my brother was like, look, I'll let you read what we're going to print beforehand and there won't be any ed- editing done on or anything like that. So. Brilliant. So Very sometimes nice. I'm sure a lot of them can be, but mm. I would imagine that that comes into ego and people seeing a bit too self-important to do certain things. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think as well, part of it maybe boils down to the fact that there's so many middlemen now. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. I suppose Twitter has opened it up a bit in the sense that you ha- can have direct access to the ones who don't have somebody else running their Twitter account. Not that, you know, I'd, I'd ever name somebody like that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've made it obvious now, haven't I? Lindsay doesn't run around Twitter, for God's sake. <laughs> um, I don't understand how Twitter works, sorry. Oh, it's not that hard, Lynn. <laughs> it's a scary place, though. Every time you lose one follower, you, you go into hiding. For <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you've said the worst start, thing in the world. Yeah, start <laughs> scrolling through your followers going, which one was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to email them now and ask them to come back. <laughs> but, um, I'll give you tickets to me, show. <laughs> <laughs> But I think part of it is that because there's a kind of a middleman now and that middleman also has a bit of an ego and they're like, never heard of them, not having anything to do with them or, you know, oh, that's not a big enough cause or, you know. Money oh. comes into it as well. Like for I little things say, like, yeah. you, sometimes you hear con- contributors on like say the Trubity show and stuff like that. You actually get paid to do that, which yeah. I found out in a very nice way. Because <laughs> I've done a lot of times. <laughs> but you get paid to do that. So then if it's, if someone else asks you to do, maybe to do something like this, and you're like, well, they paid me to do it, so that means I should probably try and get paid to do this one as well. That's, I think that's the mindset that people develop and go, well, I'm not going to do anything for free. Is this, which the means bit, is this the bit where you hold a bit of paper? Which you do <laughs> for yeah, free? well, I've been told that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I gave him a chin-up clinic and some uh, knee rehab exercises, so he has been paid. I've been paid. <laughs> I've been paid in <laughs> benefits and coins. So. That's a fucking punishment. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's not pain. Yeah. He's, on, oh, he's on Paul very well. He loved it. He bounced in the door and was like, have you got any new chin-ups I yeah. can try? Can I go? Give me a like, literally, guys, look down the gym. There's a towel hanging over the chin-up rack. I was having him do towel chin-ups. <laughs> I, I love I love the fitness side of things, so I absolutely love it. So. But um, that's I suppose housekeeping that went on a bit for housekeeping. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got a great guest in here. As well. That's that's how infectious this whole McGregor situation. I'm sorry, is. I'm not Conor McGregor, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just say what you really think? I'm kind of hoping you could do an impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try. You know? <laughs> I'm not even going to embarrass myself. But, um, Artem, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> But uh, that was awful. That was a horrible, horrible Twos attempt. and threes are ten. Just about it. Ar- yeah, our ten probably didn't go well for him actually either. Just touching no. on that. Anyway, look. On to the illusion, deception, ma- magic stuff. Every- I'm, 
genuinely it kind of frightens me and baffles me and i'm excited by it at the same time so like <laughs> how does it all because <laughs> <laughs> how does it all work yeah, right because i'm like i'm like obviously you can't tell me how he does the magic but like at the this same time it's over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time i really want to know i'm like no seriously like how do you do the whole like picking number between one and 50 or thing at 47 aren't you and you're like can't you do that yeah. <laughs> like, how, like, yeah how did everything start right that's the easiest you want to start at that place and then go, yeah, it's I'll, I'll i'll talk about whatever you guys want me to say your view you're listening you said your viewers sorry uh, your listeners are probably going, who, who are they talking to? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, my name is Rua. I have a TV series on TG Carr called Draked. Uh I've been on the BBC One, BBC Two, uh, BBC Northern Ireland, TG Carr, TV3, and uh, RTE2 maybe five times there. And loads of radio stations as well. So I make my living as a professional magician. Uh, I'm climbing the ranks to be hopefully Ireland's next kind of main TV magician as well. Uh, so kind of for maybe ten years. So we're kind of talking Darren Brown, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we can get down that. We can see how much attitude I'm going to have later on. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a few opinions to share, but we'll see. All right, yeah. 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 This is like a plug for my website, but in case if someone's listening away. on the dart and they want to see the photo that you're about to see, uh, if you go to my website www.iamrua.com. Uh, if you go to the About Me section and just scroll past all the marketing stuff, you'll see photos of uh, of a second and third degree burn that I got to my chest. I started out as a fire breather and a fire performer. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, in city centre, kind of just doing it as a hobby and busking. Uh, and I ended up doing a private party for my friends one night. How did that come about? Like, I don't remember. Everyone's like, "How did you get started in that?" I'm like, I don't. I think I was just trying to do it to impress girls, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's mental. So uh, you're basically getting two chains with balls of Kevlar at the bottom. You soak them in paraffin and you light them up, and then when you spin at night time, they make um, absolutely beautiful patterns. So it's it's really popular in Thailand. It's called poi. So I was doing that for a good while, and just one night I was doing a move where there's a big wheel of fire in front of my face as you do, and I caught my t-shirt a few times, and my t-shirt just erupted in flames, uh, I don't know if it was how the wind caught it, but there was also a guy, um, uh, uh, this will sound like I'm making this up, I promise you I'm not, who started throwing beer on me to try and help, <laughs> sorry what, genuinely, absolutely, try, it's like started throwing beer on me, obviously to try and help I think, because Everybody in his head, knows. I'm hoping it was, tr- unless he really didn't let, this guy's a wanker, let's just, uh, let's he just, just thought, I was witnessing this. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe in his head, hopefully he was going, well, there's more water than alcohol and beer. So, but, um, the Thank God it wasn't vodka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my Lord. It may, it's may, it may as well have been because the t-shirt <laughs> just ripped up in flames. Normally you're taught to stop, drop and roll. But in that situation, in that panic moment, it was the last thing in my head. So I got really, I'll show you a photo. Was, so was this, like, did you do this kind of busking? Yeah, but I, I was doing this at a private party in Monkstown at the time. That's Mankey. Oh, thanks very much. That's my chest he's talking about. <laughs> it is Holy Mankey. Holy shit, uh, I can show you guys. Let me stretch across. I don't know that I've seen this. Holy jeez. If you just scroll over just once, don't go up here and show on my phone. Right, and this isn't, this isn't just an elaborate story to how we no, got into genuine, magic. It sounds that's like not an like X-Factor like, story when I say it, that this is how I got into magic. That's not like makeup and stuff. That's actually genuinely No, that's genuinely, genuinely yeah. If you want to know the full... St- can, I, can I tell the whole... Like, cause yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was on Neil Delamere's show last weekend. Uh, there's a new exhibition in Science Gallery called Trauma. Uh, and I've had a big link with Science Gallery because I co-curated an exhibition there called uh, Illusion. So they bring me back in for certain things. I've given talks. 
about Houdini in there and stuff like that. So they brought me back in to be featured in Trauma, uh, the new exhibition, uh, and it's, they've got people with scars are part of this big photographic artistic piece. So I was on talking about that, but I didn't have time to tell the full story. Plus, I think I can say stuff with you guys I can't say live on air because they could get sued. But I don't think you guys can get sued, can you? Plus, Lindsay's no. a lawyer, so... we would be fine. <laughs> yeah, you can battle it. Um, so, <laughs> while I was... After I was... After I put the fire out, I ran inside and started kind of putting water on it, which apparently is a bad thing to do. Um, I, my friend was actually sitting in an empty bath with his girlfriend because <laughs> uh, they were hammered drunk. And she had broken a nail. And uh, I told him I'd just been burned. So he got her to leave. And then he put, he was like, man, we're going to have to do this. I'm going to have to, like, we're going to have to disinfect this. And I was like, I don't know what that means. But he, he was always better at science than me. So I'm, I I'm like, not this sure is I like where guy. this is going. Is yeah, this got, going? A got a towel, put loads of TCP on it. Oh, okay. And I remember, oh. like, he hugged me as he did. And he was like, this is really going to hurt. And he pressed it into my chest. And just the pain was like, oh. being on, it's mad. Being on fire wasn't that painful. I thought he said. I thought you were going to say he pissed, pissed on, on you. you that's no, right. no, no, that's only a jellyfish stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What, what, or right, has someone pissed on you before? And <laughs> no comment. You burnt your finger cooking, and someone said we better piss on it. No comment. <laughs> uh, so we pushed the TCP in, and then two of my friends. This is in Monkstown. So two of my friends said, right, one of us is going to call an ambulance, and one's going to call a taxi. Whatever gets here first, we'll get it up to St Michael's. Just up, you know, St Michael's up the road. Um, in Dunleary there. Yeah, yeah. in Dunleary. So we got there, uh, I was a bit, because as the seconds were getting past, the pain inside my chest, like the pain inside the burn was just getting worse and worse. Oh, but it's not something that you can control or anything like that. And it was just the most, like I can't, there's no word to describe how bad the pain was getting. Just, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So we pulled up in the taxi outside St. Michael's and there was a door porter there, like a kind of guy. He wasn't a doctor or a nurse or anything like that. He was just a door porter. And three of my friends and I came up and I was obviously topless and I wasn't crying because I'm a man. <laughs> but, uh, but I was clearly like in a lot of pain. And he goes, no, it looks, it looks really superficial. He goes, just go home, like you'll be okay. And we were like... <laughs> the porter said. Yeah, the door porter. So we were like, listen, man, like this, this is like, it's, I was in agony. And he actually pushed one of my friends. He said, no, we can't let you in. I think maybe half, maybe half the reasons because it's a private hospital, but I think it's a hospital and maybe you should help a guy yeah. if he's just yeah, definitely. severely burned. So then we had to go back and grab the taxi back and go, you're going to have to bring us up to Lachlanstown because he wouldn't even give us an ambulance up to Lachlanstown. So we got into the taxi and we realized we had no money oh on us, God. right? And the taxi driver said he wasn't going to do it for free. So what is yeah, wrong so my with friend, people? What I year know, was this? Insane. What year was this? This is the year uh, I was eighteen. So that's ten years. It was like two thousand and five. Two thousand and five. My maths is Well, Connor, Connor's gaff is in Dunleary. So we said right. Connor said right. Drive to my house. My dad will give us out some cash, and uh, and then we'll go all the way up to Lachlan's So we go hell. to Connor's gaff. I'm sitting in the back in bits. They come out running with a, a basin of water and two towels. <laughs> Like to kind of put the cold water on to keep the heat down. So the taxi goes all the way up to Lockenstown and I'm putting these towels on my chest. But I just remember the water got warm within two minutes because the heat off my chest yeah. and the towels just weren't cold anymore. So we got in. Uh, they saw that I was in a lot of pain, but they still had me fill out these fucking forms. Wow. What religion are you? And all this stuff. And I remember when I told my parents that I wasn't going to fire perform anymore. So we put my friend Tanya's parents' names down on the thing. <laughs> 
to try and get out of trouble because you know when you're 18 you're like I don't want to get in trouble (laughs) so we went in and in the most Irish possible fashion I was putting like one of these beds and this nurse put a bit of cold cream on it which kind of helped a little bit and she was like just talking away this Irish mammy and she was like and where like where do you where do you go to school I said well I've just finished up in like I'm in agony here I said I've just finished up in the Institute of Education and she stops what she's doing (laughs) and she goes you don't know Carolyn Keane, do you? <laughs> and I said, yeah, she's in my classes. She goes, that's my daughter. I said, oh my God. <laughs> Give me drugs. Yeah, please. So they ended up giving me like 80% morphine. And this nurse came in. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> not to get to you. This, the story that is remembered the most from my friends this night is that the nurse goes, right, she was an Australian nurse and she stuck her head into this curtain. She goes, all right, have you been burned? And all this weird stuff that I thought it'd be obvious that I was burned. <laughs> And she goes, right, we're going to have to monitor your urine. And I was like, okay, so you're going to need a urine sample. And she's like, no, 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 we're just going to take it from your body. And I was like, what the, f- what, does, what does that mean? And she goes, oh, we're going to give you a catheter. And I was like, what's a catheter? I'd never heard of a catheter before. She goes, we're going to shove a pipe through your penis all the way into your bladder. And all the evidence is going to flow out. But I was on morphine, so I was fairly chillaxed and kind of... St- just coming down off this severe pain so I was like that sounds really painful she goes oh no no we're going to numb everything so <laughs> it'll be alright <laughs> so she comes in and it was like something out of a cartoon with the you know the rubber gloves like, and she I don't want to paint a picture of anyone but she, she handled me like she had just caught a fucking trout in a bit of water right <laughs> <laughs> right and I, I would rather be on fire for another minute again the pain, <laughs> I swear to god this was the worst pain I'd ever felt I thought that day being burned was the worst pain I'd ever feel but then it just got worse maybe it was a lesson and the mad part so she did all that and the mad part was she was looking at the tube afterwards and I swear to god she looks at it and she goes have you been drinking tonight? <laughs> as if she could see Corona Boardway, you, know, <laughs> you know the Smirnoff I don't know I was like no I hadn't been drinking and then my friend, the guy who put the TCP towel on my chest, came in, and I was in bits. And he came in, and he was really upset. He was like, oh, "You look, you look worse." <laughs> and I was like, "Come here." I kind of whispered him over, and he leans in real close, and he goes, "What? What? What is that?" And I said, "They just put a pipe up my cock." <laughs> <laughs> and he just—he couldn't speak. He was like, "Oh, oh my God, man!" I'm like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> So long story short, they transferred me down to James's. <laughs> if you want to, if you can, I can I keep going? Can I tell yeah, you the rest yeah, of the story? Yeah, yeah. That we got oh, these two. To- you had to say long story. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the magic bit yet. <laughs> We're still in the same one. We got two two porters. Obviously, there's a bur- for those of you who don't know, there's a burns unit in St James's Hospital, where that's where they do all the burns treatment. So I had to be transported down in an ambulance, and they brought in two porters to lift me from one. But the ambulance dudes lifted me from one bed to the other. So you know when you're in a hospital bed, you've got the the kind of things, the barriers to stop yeah. you from rolling out. Yeah. What they didn't know is that I had this pipe, this catheter inside me, right? And there's an area. I think it goes into. I can't. I can't. I, I blocked it out mentally, but I think it goes into some kind of box thing. I'm worried about where this is right? going. <laughs> So I don't even have a penis. If you can imagine you're lying in a bed and the tube is going into the right and it's caught inside a, f- a, f- a barrier, the guys were lifting me out of the bed to the left, away from him. <laughs> so I suddenly start feeling this this painful pull and I'm like, no, wait, 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 wait. And I kind of lifted up the thing to show them and they, I still go, uh-huh, that could have been fucking bad. What? <laughs> so, 
And then they tried, they sped down. They must have been doing it to punish me or something like that. And they had me hold the box on my stomach. And they sped down from Lockenstown all the way into James's. And every bump I felt through my entire body just. And then I was stuck in hospital for about two weeks. And one of my good friends gave me a book on card tricks. And he said, I always knew you had a hot body from the birds. <laughs> Total Dublin thing to do. But uh, he was doing that as a joke because my hands were totally bandaged up from pulling off this flaming vest. And, uh, and but I leafed through it. And that's kind of how I, my first foray into it really. Um, yeah, I was so bored that I forced myself to learn So magic. the fire didn't that work for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, so let's try the next thing. Magic. <laughs> that has to be the maddest story I've ever heard in my life about how somebody got into something. Like, yeah, is, it would have been easier just to get a kit when I was a kid. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like everyone. Yeah. But the t- like that's just, so that was only 10 years ago and look at what you've done. Like, you yeah. know, it's amazing. 10 years, yeah. It's, it's worrying. Cool. What were you doing in 10 years' time? I, I, you know, I'll probably have no arms or something. <laughs> my hands would be gone. But like, I've got this, I've still got really bad scarring on my chest and all that stuff. But uh, I look at that now as like, if that didn't happen, I, I have no idea what I'd be doing today like for a living like this yeah. like, magic is my living now and I've, I've done so much in, in that world but it's all because I got burnt and it's all because that pipe went it's all because that stuff crazy so, yeah. yeah it's an incredible like the phrase is baptism by fire unfortunately <laughs> but that's how it, that's what it was when was yeah. like you got the what's sorry was it a book or it was a book yeah I think it was I think it was 52 simple card tricks yeah uh, and it was purely as a joke like but I just kind of leafed through it in my hands Really like the ideas. I think when I was a kid, I liked David Blaine on TV. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone kind of liked I think everyone was a bit interested in whether yeah. it was weird or whatever. That shit where it. he changes a cup of coffee into a cup of change. You know? Yeah. What? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I think a lot of people also kind of learn at least one trick in their lives. Or they learn some kind of bar better trick. Yeah. So I think I might have had one under my sleeve that I understood, like a technique. And I was like, oh, I could do that. That means I can do that and that and that. But it's like Blaine actually says, you don't get into magic. Magic gets into you. And when you get the first reaction from a trick, it's like a comedian when he gets the first laugh from a crowd. It's 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 almost like heroin, yeah. you know. You just want to get it more and more and more. So that that is mad. Like it's actually just so. Uh, it what was the first card trick then that you learned? Uh some kind of shocking trick where a card go? reverses itself in a deck or something <laughs> like that. Something terrible. Did you anyway. learn the whole book off? Yeah, I learned. Yeah, I I learned that book, and I would have had post-its and dog-eared things and all that. So you got really got into it, like really got into it. Yeah, well, I I didn't want to leave the house because, uh, like the scar the scar was growing outwards on my chest. Now I was meant to go interrelling around Europe with my friends that summer. It happened just as the leaving cert results came out, just before the summer. So, I obviously had to cancel that trip. I wasn't able to go away with my buddies. But they had designed this weird thing. This will sound odd, but if you can imagine, you know between your pec muscles, yeah. there's kind of a gap there. This, the, the burn is in between that gap, and they needed to keep it flat, which I mean, they had to come up with a silicone patch that would fit between the pec muscles that would push down, and then they had me wear this vest that was like twice as tight as a, as a, like a wetsuit that zipped up at the back and had no... And some, I had loads of different ones. One had sleeves, one didn't. But you had to zip it up at the back and it was super tight. The idea was to try and compress the scar as much as possible. I don't think it did any, I don't think it made a difference at all. But um, but I never wanted to leave the house because if I was wearing a t-shirt, you saw that I had this weird zip up my spine. And I was self, like an idiot, I was self-conscious over that. Going, well, like I, I kind of cared what people might think if yeah. they looked at me from behind. <laughs> so instead I just kind of stayed in. I learned a lot of tricks and then I kind of got a bit better with it and a bit cooler about it and when was your first kind of like party or 
My first I gig. Said, yeah, your first gig. My first gig, gig was a whopper. Well, well I, I was about, were any gigs or were they just practice runs? Uh, I didn't do any practice gigs. I actually kind of threw myself right into it. The first gig I ever did was at a movie premiere for a movie called The Magicians. So you know the series Peep Show? Yeah. yeah. Mitchell yeah. and Webb. I know the film you're on about as well. Yeah, they've got a film. They did a small indie film kind of taking the piss out of magicians. And they had the premiere mm. in Temple Bar and... Uh, that was the first gig I ever did. I remember I got paid four hundred and fifteen euro for it. Wow, and that was a good start. You yeah, didn't even for, and then I thought, this is it. This is my living, and then no, <laughs> and then no more gigs. <laughs> so, th- there was no practice run. You just did a gig for a premiere of a film. Yeah, I didn't say I was good though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, yeah. but they didn't even say like, oh, what's your CV like? What have you done before? Or? No, they. I think they someone had seen me or something like that at a party, and that's normally how it worked. Like, I didn't have a website or I didn't have business cards even. I just had a few decks of cards and a marker and that's kind of... And would you, before, say, the paid gig, would you go in... Like, I've seen a guy down on Docky and he goes in and out of pubs and the pubs don't mind them doing it. And that, that, when I say that, that was about five, six years ago. Yeah, that would have been Shane Black. That's he called him, himself yeah. Shane Blaine back then, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, he'd, he'd just go into the, the pubs and stuff. Did you do that at all or...? Nope. No. <laughs> Just no. I was always too much of an egotistical bastard to do. It. I was like, no. I've been paid four hundred and fifteen euro for a gig now, so that was my standard. Now, obviously, that all changed. Yeah, but even before the four hundred and fifteen gig. No, I, if I was having a drink in a bar and someone saw me do something for a friend, they'd probably say, "Can you show us one?" And that's how I do it. Okay. But I wouldn't go around. I never went around asking for gigs. Um, no, nothing like that. Like the way. This so is you couple- just learned while recuperating. I learned, I learned while recuperating and then I just kind of just tried to improve as much as possible all the time. So the best way to describe it is, you know when you learn guitar, you learn your chords and then you can use those chords to write a song. You just go, I want the A here, the B or whatever, the G, the E minor, I want, I'm going to construct a song out of the chords I know. Magic is kind of the same thing, you can use your techniques and slights, slights of hand to create desired effects. So you just have to get good enough at your chords or good enough at your slides to be able to do whatever you want, really. So, um, sorry, go ahead just then. To, just to interject here, because I think Paul's underselling himself, because I know trained Paul for a while, and he's a super hard worker. So when you think of someone sitting at home on the sofa watching fucking Murder, <laughs> She Wrote all day, playing with cards, no doubt he was studying, analysing, like Paul's method, like does stuff in a certain way, he puts formulas together, he puts, Absolutely. sets himself tasks, like I, like I work for myself and I find, like I always like, when I go home, I have three hours off, I'm going to nap for an hour and then I'm going to write three programs and blah, 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 and I just go home and nap for three hours. <laughs> Paul sets himself tasks and gets them done, like so it yeah. wasn't that easy. Like No, well, I, I probably make it sound a little bit easier, but I was always analysing the, the other angles, like I, I kind of knew from the get-go I wanted to try and work on TV, which is quite a hard thing to do. Like I'm a, if you look at a photo of me, I'm a six foot ginger dude, you know, <laughs> like why would I ever get a TV series? Uh, and then it ended up like the steps I took to get that. That's another story. Uh, am I allowed to tell that one? Or? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of going, going with the flow. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just kind of going like, uh, what, before you got a, the first paid job, like what experience did you have? Like, did you just have the experience in your house? I'm all, yeah. Uh, and for friends, just showing off in front friends. of friends. Showing off. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also a really good bullshitter. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm an absolute, uh, if I can get my way into, if I can see a little opportunity or a way into something, yeah. or if someone says that person runs the company over there, I'll find a way to go over and I'll have, I'll try and get them to ask me to do a trick. As opposed to going over going, hey, I'm a magician, give me a job, or I want to work for you. I'd find a way to go over and have a conversation with them and let them go, oh, what do you do for a living? And then I'd have a really clever answer. 
uh, and try and show them something. That's your way of kind of networking them. That was, yeah, Very yeah, good. Network, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was a clever way of doing it. Yeah. So just, <laughs> I'm still amazed by all this, right? So to touch on what Lindsay was saying and everything you said about like a lot of it while you were recuperating because you didn't want to leave the house, and then Lindsay says you have this mad work ethic and all that kind of stuff. Like so, when all this was going on, were you like the more you kind of learn stuff, were you then kind of going? I wonder if anybody else is doing stuff like this. Like, did you read up on other magicians? Did you watch documentaries on other magicians? Did other people start to influence you? Did it, like the history of it? There's a huge, yeah. like the history of magic. It, it sounds so. I think to a lot of lay people or like regular, like regular humans, <laughs> <laughs> I think they call them muggles in the Harry Potter. Books. But the world, like the magic world, is incredible. Like the stories, the history behind yeah. it. It's just like it's absolutely mind blowing. I read a book called uh, The Making of America's First Superhero and it was a book about Harry Houdini and that book changed everything for me because Harry Houdini was a master marketer like he might not have been actually the best magician in the world but he was a f- incredible he's like you know he was just incredible at building himself up yeah, yeah. and doing these huge publicity stunts uh, and I read about him and that inspired me to start doing escape stunts but to do a good escape stunt you need to do it on TV because with like they give you a budget to do it and you've got stunt dudes and you've got everything you need in place but to do it yourself is kind of difficult. And I've seen guys in Ireland, I'm not going to name any names, but I've seen guys do them themselves. And they Oof. just... <laughs> but they just look terrible. Like, absolutely terrible. But, um... What was I meant to say? <laughs> it, was just, it was like... Oh, who inspired me? Yeah, yeah that see, kind of stuff, yeah. There's, there are magic societies and circles. And I went to I went to one meeting. I was invited onto one meeting. And I just didn't like it. I thought it was very, uh... Like a group of lads kind of flexing their muscles. Kind of clicky, work. like... Yeah, but also a bit weird. Like, like I said, a lot of magicians can be quite weird. Now, I did meet two really hilarious dudes who were great, but I never really gelled with the societies. Or right, that. Yeah. I kind of keep to myself in Ireland, and I don't really hang out with many other performers. See, it's weird, because, like, obviously that side of thing, us moguls wouldn't be aware of. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? The most because, like, like I said, I, I kind of I love it. Like, I'm like mad. I'm just... Fascinated, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll sit there and I want to... Like, I've... There's no word of a lie. Like, I used to skip college. And I just watched Penn and Teller bullshit all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great show, by the way. If none of you seen it, and then like the point where when I was in Vegas, went to see Penn and Teller, went to see a guy called Jerry McCambridge. I've gone yeah, to see yeah. Darren Brown. Jerry's, great. Jerry's brilliant, Jerry's absolutely. Very, very yeah. Good fat. yeah, yeah. Um, went to see Darren Brown a handful of times. Uh, the the amazing Jonathan, I yeah. think his name was. Yeah, went to yeah see he's like, dying at the moment. What? Yeah, yeah. He, I think, I think it's a form of cancer he has. Jesus, he's on the way that. out. Yeah, he's on his last legs. It's really, really sad. Uh, but yeah. uh, he's an incredible performer. He was brilliant, like absolutely amazing. You see, I kind of avoided the meetings as well. I'm very competitive. Right. Uh, which so might you just want to be better than them all. It's not. No, it's it's not even about being better. Technically, it's I. It's I don't want to sit beside somebody who I'm going to compete against for business, because it's how I make my living. And there's only, there's only a handful of other guys that we make our living by doing this. Yeah. But I know that they take a gig from underneath me. Whereas yeah. I, don't, I don't do that ethically. I don't do it at all. But I know there's guys out there that would. Because uh, I've seen it done before. And I've done little tests on them kind of on the slide to see who would do what. <laughs> so I don't want to hang out with someone. trust like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, there's, and there's only one or two that I would trust because they don't need to take gigs off anybody yeah. else. But there's a few out there that would undercut you and take that. And I don't want to spend time with someone like that yeah. or talk to them because then they'd be asking you like, uh, like what's the point of the societies then to help young guys learn and to give them a kind of apparently they're great I don't I've only I've only ever gone to the one meeting and then I went to my friend was given a lecture and I went to that so. but uh, maybe maybe I'm being ignorant because I don't go I'm talking about something I don't know yeah. about but to me and to a lot of other guys I know a lot of professional guys were like well, you don't really you don't really need to go to these things at all yeah. but creatively it's a good outlet like you know if you're a young kid 
and you've no friends who are interested in magic, but you want to make friends in that world, I'm sure it's great to go along and kind of go, here, what do you think of that? What do you think? Because there's no business in their head. They're just kind of having a laugh. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's very bitchy as well. Like, it's really... I remember when Keith got his first show, and Keith Barry. Yeah. Keith, we're on first name terms, you know? <laughs> when Keith, we, we work with his dad. Do you? Yeah, Ken. I've met Ken on the piss a few times. After Keith is. He is a very nice guy. Yeah. His mom's very nice as well. Yeah, Ken... Uh, well, my old job, um, they sponsor the the national side, and when they give out the sports awards, Ken always gives a speech on behalf of SSE, and he does be trending on Twitter and everything <laughs> from the hilarity what of it. He's hilarious. What do you be trying to not tell people where I work near his ground? Just drop me in it. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit it out. I'm joking. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so, on just shit. Sorry, this was a problem behind us. Really, one now. The Houdini thing. Did you watch that Houdini? The Adrian Brody. The, I did the, indeed. Yeah. What did you think of it? It's terribly in fact. It's a great, great, great piece of TV. But and completely all factual. Yeah, ways, yeah, like, like he never did a bullet catch. Yeah, for example, thank yeah. you. Yeah, because I was, I was watching that. I was going. Did I miss something? Did I? That this is nerd talk. Sorry. Because yeah. <laughs> like when I was, I was watching, I was sitting there and I was going, that didn't happen. Like why are they? Why have to put this in here? Who didn't do that? Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? And all right, grand. I'm happy. Why well, let the truth get in the way of a good story, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I should know that. Do you want to <laughs> I think I was meant to say something, but I forgot what it was. But was yeah, it we got sidetracked. Sheet. You were talking about when it being bitchy and when Keith got his first show. Oh yeah, when Keith got his first show, like a load of bitch. Because Keith, well. Keith, <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith was—he's very talented, and he's been very, very good to me. And he—I ha- think he happened to be in the right place at the right time because Blaine had just come out in America at the time. Yeah. Darren Brown just came out in England, and Ireland always needs to have. Well, who's our guy? Who's our? Who's our? Who's our version of that? Same with TV shows like Who Wants to Be Millionaire and all that. Who's our yeah. guy? And he ha- happened to have a really good manager at the time who worked in the TV world. And that's how he got that show, Close Encounters, which kind of broke him 10 years ago. Uh, but when, that, when he got that, all those magicians were all bitching about him going, it should have gone to this guy or it should have gone, this guy should have got a show. Which is horrible. They're, they're not supportive in that sense. Like yeah. they're, They'd rather go, oh, this is going to be crap or I would have done that better. Which is that's, defeats the purpose for me. So that's why I don't want to be friends with people who are going to be saying that kind of stuff behind your back. So. Simple Just as. Fair enough, I suppose. But Keith's yeah. great. Keith's... I, I, it's kind of later on if you're if we're going if there's a trajectory of the story I don't know but, but uh, Keith when I eventually got the call to do my own TV series Keith was the second person I called I called my mom to let her know and I called Keith and I just remember he was whispering advice down the phone and I was like what, what, why, are we, why are we whispering and he was like oh, his newborn baby was in his arms ah. but he still had the time to kind of have a chat with me on the phone and stuff yeah, like nice that so which is really nice. nice well I heard a, a great story about, about Keeper I don't actually know if it's true or not because it never actually bothered me arse to look it up but I I'll heard, tell you have any of you seen the film Now You See Me yeah 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 He's oh, consultant on that, yeah. Yeah, that's what, and that like Woody Harrelson, like he's was. he's the hypnosis and mentalism consultant for Woody Harrelson uh, for on the first one, and then he's an executive consultant of magic on the second one, I think. Amazing, because uh, like I just heard the story that like Woody Harrelson was so kind of taken by him and just like sort of it's fucking amazing. The that film like, shit though. Did you not like the film? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, never really edit that out. I didn't like the film at all. But didn't I, no? What do I, I know? I just have like a master's in film and TV. So. Yeah. I was just shocked. <laughs> 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 well, there's a good link into Ooh. what I was going to ask about the whole entourage. <laughs> Paul is the person that got me into entourage. Thank God. Great and, show. Uh, Great show. Best show. Done I absolutely love Barry. Barry I've never watched an episode. Ah, you'll love it. You're not even watched the movie. What? Never watched entourage. Oh my god! You're you need gonna to have get to on get that. some some legal downloading going on there, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> um, Absolutely, yeah. 
Paul is an expert in bromance, so he can deal with you two guys when you bully me. <laughs> we don't I, bully. When we oh. bully you? <laughs> I try to be. I try to be an expert in bromance. Well, I I did a master's. To well, I did community. I did business studies in DCU for a year, and then I realized I couldn't do maths. So <laughs> I, I so I was going to drop out completely. But then I did communication studies in DCU, and I knew I wanted to be on TV. So communication studies is what you do, what you study if you want to be a presenter and stuff like that because you've got access to cameras. So we started filming me doing magic and all these comedians coming through college and that was my first foray into working on, in front of a camera. So I got to make all my mistakes there and got to make all my screw-ups and I made some serious screw-ups. I made <laughs> the tricks wrong on camera and all that stuff. But it meant that when I eventually walked on to set of my own show that I had made all my mistakes and I knew exactly what I was doing so I could be like a pro. But... Um, why didn't I think of that before I started this? <laughs> <laughs> Make your mistakes first and then go for the real deal. Um, and then I did the Masters in Film and TV. And part of that was writing a thesis at the end of it, which I wrote my thesis on the representation of bromance. It was, like, well, it was asking the question, is masculinity in a crisis? Because when you trace masculinity through the history of film, it goes up and down. Like Sometimes you've got these stoic characters like uh, Humphrey Bogart in Casablanca. Then you had um, an era where like, it was the Sylvester Stallones and yeah. Arnold Schwarzeneggers, and that was the representation of what a man should look like. I'm doing man in, in inverted commas. But then it went down to characters like Gordon Gekko on Wall Street, and it seemed like money and power and intelligence was the representation of masculinity. But now we have these great series like Entourage, and we've got great movies like I Love You, Man, or Superbad. Like Superbad, I think, is one of the first films we've seen in a long time where two guys are sharing a sleeping bag, and they just as friends say, I love you to each other but back in the day that would have been oh that's gay you know or they can't yeah, say that yeah, yeah. so I was really interested in the closest relationship a group of men can have uh, without it becoming uh, sexual in any way so I also happen to be obsessed with entourage <laughs> <laughs> absolutely obsessed so I was like this is a great idea uh, to, to kind of combine the two so that's what I did but while I did that masters uh, myself and three friends we formed a production company a small production company and we made a medical documentary in our base degree, which got nominated for something called a Ryark Award, which only gets given out every two years. And then we kind of thought, maybe we're good at this. Uh, let's do a master's. And I knew every step I wanted to take would be in a direction of going on TV. I was like, I don't want to waste any time. I know what I want. I'm going to make sure every step I take is in that direction at least. So then we made a pilot because we, fi we figured RTE, we knew from an inside source they weren't going to commission any kind of show like a magician type show or a mind reader type show but we knew that T.G. Carr had never had a magician that could speak Irish, or never had a series about a magician in Irish. Uh, I'm fluent in Irish. And guess what? I'm also a magician. <laughs> <laughs> so two and two equals five. <laughs> and we, we made a, a magic pilot called White Rabbit, and um, all in Irish, put all my money into it, which wasn't a lot, but I was broke afterwards. And we were so sure that like we're like this is a no-brainer i was like waiting for the phone call going they, they are going to call tomorrow <laughs> wetting themselves going we need to get this guy <laughs> just what how much money can we give you not to go anywhere else you know so then like three months passed <laughs> and, and nothing no calls nothing and then we got just a generic rejection email just saying no sorry just what, what they sent to anybody and the reason for that, I think, was because we were just four graduates looking for like 250 grand. <laughs> just give us this money and we're going to make an awesome show. Uh, we've never done it like it before, but trust us, we're, we're really good. <laughs> so that never happened. And um, I ended up having to get a job 
because I needed money. And I was staying at home. I had no money. The gigs weren't really there because I didn't have a website yet. And the story about the website's so cool. But I'll wait. I'll tell you. That. I'll tell you that in this trajectory. <laughs> I'm, I'm this. loving this. This is just <laughs> yeah, like this will blow your mind. The story about the website. But anyway, so um, yeah. So I got a job in a PR company. I started working in PR in a in a place called Gibney Communications in town in city center. And um, even then, ever like someone had once told me, "Oh, you you'd be really good at PR." I didn't even know what PR was. <laughs> I swear. I know that sounds like oh, he's just saying that, but. My technique for ever getting a job interview, if I ever wanted a job, was I never went on to jobs out of a year, any of that crap. I found out who ran companies that I liked, and I sent them a personal email. I always found out who the head person was, and knew that if I said something the right way, that they might go, well, this guy's got something, maybe he's ballsy or whatever, let's give him a shot. So this job, these people at Gibney Communications came back, and they gave me an interview. And I remember the lady who ran it, she's quite a famous lady in the media world in Ireland or the PR world because she was the first Irish lady to run her own uh, telecommunicator, not telecommunications, but public relations company. And again, this doesn't sound like bullshit, but I, I swear to God, I wish she was here, if she would confirm this. In the interview, she was like really, really serious. And she's like, what's your biggest weakness? And I said, Mars bars. <laughs> to try and get a laugh out of her. Yeah. And she just goes, yeah, this is a very serious working environment that we have here and that we don't really joke around. <laughs> and I was like, oh, perfect, great. <laughs> so I got brought back for a second interview with two other dudes. Screwed that up completely. But anyway, they, managed, they gave me a job for some reason. So I got a job in a PR company and I hated it. I was doing 40 hours a week for 250 euro as an intern. Um, 50 that's gone on transport. And I was working with people that I just... I, I don't want to insult them. Because some people are just really focused on their job, I guess. And they want to do their best that they can. And maybe they're in the zone. But they just weren't my type of people at all. There was no crack. They weren't... Uh, yeah, I, it wasn't for me. I was suicidal. I hated the fucking place. I thought it was terrible. And then um, one day I said, screw this. I'm going to edit. I'm a nifty little editor. So I edited the pilot that we originally sent to TG Car. I edited that myself into smaller web clips. I made a list of the top production companies in Ireland that I really liked. That had made shows that I liked. And this was just because I was meant to be working and I was like, fuck these guys, I'm going to do my own thing. And I sent a pitch email to all of these companies all at the same time. I put all their email addresses in the BCC section and sent the email back to myself. Kind of thinking nothing is going to happen. Maybe they'll say, oh yeah, we'll keep your name on file. And um, genuinely, maybe 25 minutes later, my phone started ringing off the hook from all these different numbers and all these different companies. And all these companies were calling me back. Maybe, I think I sent it to 23 companies. And 13 called me back straight, like straight away. And they were all really, really interested. And they were all, so we're going to come down to Dublin tomorrow. We've got a great relationship with TGCAR. We've got this and that. And I remember the first people that called, they were like, uh, the first thing we want to ask you, have you, told, have, you, have you sent this to anybody else? And in my head, I was like real, like, again, like real cool. And I was like, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. <laughs> but I actually said, yeah, I've sent it to like maybe four or five, you know, I sent it to a lot of people. So I completely cracked. And they were like, well, we're going to come down tomorrow. We want to meet you and all this stuff. What did you do differently with the uh, footage? I just made it shorter. I made it, uh, I just updated it a bit. And... Uh, did you send I it to different people? Like I send it to different people. You see, we'd send it to a network. So maybe a lot of people out there, they might not know that when a TV series gets made, a production company will go... So let's say the, product, the company that made my show was called Midas. Midas Productions. Midas Productions will pitch to a network like RTE1 or RTE2 or TG Car or TV3 or Satanta or whatever it is. They'll say, here's our idea for a show. Now, every production company in the round, there's four different com- commissioning rounds across the year where companies can submit ideas to networks and then they can decide who they want to 
give the money to or what ideas they want to fund. Now, every production company will probably put in about maybe 20, 20 ideas or something like that. And we're hoping that one will get commissioned. It's that, it's that kind of lottery, you know? So, I've... What was I saying? <laughs> I'm getting when so... I'm getting you so were running you the, up the and they were coming down the next day. Well, you see, they would bring me in then for meetings and they would try and construct an idea and try and create the pitch and then they would submit that pitch to TG Carr. So that was the, that was the idea. Um, that, and the thing that we did differently was I was sticking with my friends. I was trying to be the nice guy and stick with my three friends. But we had abandoned the idea. Now, it kind of caused ruptures between us as a group of friends. Now, we're, we're perfect again now, but... They kind of felt that they should have a, a piece of that pie. The only problem was that the production companies that would make the show didn't need anybody else. They just needed me because I'm the guy who can speak Irish and do magic. Uh, and I tried all on my heart to get them jobs in the companies and go, look, I want this guy to do that and that guy. But they're like, no, we, mm. it's, the budget will already be too small to, to, to do that. So, so it was one of those situations where I kind of had to think about, well, do I stick with this and just maybe never get this opportunity again? I let them go off and try and find somebody else, maybe, or do I take it and just hope that my friends understand? And they they did, luckily. <laughs> Interestingly, well, for me, this uh, am I waffling? I'm so oh, sorry. I'm probably rambling, complete going. rambling. When we first started making uh, the videos in in first year in communication studies, there was only there's only one company in Ireland that's ever made magic for TV, and their company called Midas Productions, and they had made all of Keith Barry's shows, Close Encounters with Keith Barry, season one and two. So when I was 19, I found out who the company was. I went to their offices and met the guy who ran the company and asked, can I have Keith Barry's shows on DVDs? Because I never saw them when I was on TV because I didn't like magic then. And I, he said, why do you want them? I said, well, I'm a magician and we're making a web, we're making a student series. And I said, it's going to be deadly. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to see me on TV someday. And he said that he really liked the idea. And he said, here's the DVDs and make sure you send me the clips when they're done. And that was when I was 19. So this is four, maybe yeah, three years later. I was back in, and they were, he was the one that sat me down and said, "We want to make the we want to make the show with you, and we can get this made." So, yeah, it was like a self fulfilling prophecy Brilliant. that it just yeah, happened yeah. that way. It was mental, and uh, it was another. It was a huge process to even try and get the funding because TG Carr didn't think my Irish was good enough. They don't really like Dublin, Dublin Irish. They prefer the kind of beautiful West Irish so with like the weather girls and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So they had to do green screen tests with me again to make sure that my Irish is better and all this. So I remember doing green screen tests and screen tests and tests and tests <laughs> to try and convince them. So Midas said, right, they want to make it. They just, they haven't got the money just yet, but it's going to happen. And I thought, oh, like amazing. I'm going to be on the telly, you know, my life's going to be over. Everything's going to be completely different now. So I quit the job in PR straight away. <laughs> I think I made up some story. I was too much of a pussy to go, I'm out of here. <laughs> See you later. Uh, but I quit thinking that, you know, in two weeks' time, I'm going to be filming my own show or I'm going to be minted on <laughs> TV land money. And at, at eight months, it took them from that moment to actually get the funding to All do right. the show. So again, I was out of work and... Uh, I had no money or anything like that. Uh, I didn't have a website, so people didn't know where to find me for gigs or whatever. So I wasn't working in property in the business. But I had signed up to movieextras.ie. <laughs> Sorry for giving them a plug, but it's important. 
So I was doing movie extra work around the city. I was in a Bollywood film. <laughs> I was in. I was a guard in Fair City. You was that the one that was filmed at the top of Steve, or the Stephen? Yeah, yeah, the big fight scenes and the Lewis and all that. Yeah, yeah I, I was asked to be an extra in that because I was in college at the time, just down the road from it. You missed and out, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That was a big payday. We got like six hundred quid for a week's work. Yeah, one of the lads nice. did it, and I was like, because at the time I was actually like in the middle of doing my own thesis, and I was like, I just thought, no, I'm not doing it. Don't have time. Don't have time. Don't have time. One of the lads did it anyway, and that's he came in a couple of days later. He was like. You missed out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> you proper missed out, like. It's great fun. Yeah, I remember. Did you ever see any of the actors or actresses in it? Yeah, I seen, because, like, like that, because he kept ranting and raving about it. So then when, uh, it, I don't even think it came out. I think just, like, there was trailers or something, or it was in post-production, and he had been sent a clip or something like yeah. that, and he started showing me it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? The, like men- the mentalist, this is, go- this is a complete, I don't want to ramble too much, so stop me. I, 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 have, a, I have a feeling I'm rambling. But I was in that. I was in that film as an extra. You can see me in the trailer. I'm in a. I'm in a, a hurling outfit in Trinity College, <laughs> dan- dancing on the steps in Trinity College, right? So we were all drinking in my house in Rat Mines, myself and my housemates and a few other guys, uh, earlier on this year. And I was telling them I was in the Bollywood film. So we lashed on the trailer on the TV, and in it, the main the, the main leads walk out of a house hand in hand and go across a park. The house they walked out of was the house that we were sitting in. in Stop. Rapids. No way. No word of a lie. They, oh. One of the lads tweaked. He goes, hold on a minute. Is that Grosvenor Park? And That's we were like, What? <laughs> Rewound it. And they were literally walking out of the house that we were in. That's we were mad. That's hilarious. Insane. That's, that's a couple of things for you that just go full circle. Like well, that's you know what, So one day I got a text at like half seven in the morning. I, had, I was broke, but I always found a way to have like a, a few drinks. <laughs> so I woke up hungover to a text from movie extras saying... Hey, listen, this has nothing to do with movies or anything like that, but um, we can see that on your profile you live nearby. We're based in Docky. We're having a delivery, big delivery sent today, uh, and we need a hand lifting some boxes. And obviously you tick fucking athletic, athletic build or whatever you <laughs> want on your profile. So obviously they were trying to find a strong guy who lived down somewhere. So they said, we'll give you 150 euro for four hours work. So I was like, I'm not going to make that sit in bed on my ass. Yeah. So I got out of bed and I went down to Docky and I met, this guy, Derek Quinn, who owns Movie Exercise, one of the nicest, cleverest guys you'll ever meet. And he took me for breakfast first. I won't tell you what the boxes were because I don't want to upset anything. But I had to lift 45 boxes up three flights of stairs for him. And I was drenched in alcohol sweats all day. <laughs> and then I, over, over breakfast, I was telling them all about this stuff that I had made my own pilot, that I want to be on TV, that I have a master's, that I meant to have my own series soon with TG and all this stuff. So then he, he also told me that he, he, he runs another company called Fundraising Boxes. You know, when people are out chugging, look, looking for money for, like, oh, we're gathering for St. Vincent. Well, yeah. Yeah. He, makes, he runs the business in Ireland that makes all those boxes, which is quite clever because he's always making loads of buckets and boxes. So he said, tomorrow I've got a really big order that needs to be filled. Can you come in again? We'll give you some more cash. to Just make the boxes up and drill the holes in the buckets and all this stuff. I said, yeah, I've got no job. I've got no money. So I ended up coming the next day and then I came in again and again and he kept bringing me back all the time. And then one day he goes, you know, you haven't actually shown any of us any tricks yet. There was him and three other girls in the office or two other girls in the office. So I showed them some quick tricks and they were like, like blown away. And then after those girls left, he came up because I was still drilling away and he said, why aren't you doing this like for a living right now? Like, why are you doing, why are you helping me with buckets when you could be doing that for a living? I said, well, it's a big business. Like, I need money. I haven't got money for a website. I need business cards. I need to market myself. Uh, I can barely afford to pay my phone bill. Like. And he said, how much would you need to do a, a website? 
and I said, I've got a friend who'd do it for a thousand euro and then maybe 500 euro for marketing stuff as well. And he went downstairs and wrote me a check for 1,500 euro and just gave it to me. Wow. Said, Pay me back whenever you can. Seriously? Genuinely, yeah. And that, that's how that's I cool, man. Yeah, that's nice. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I managed to get money to build my website and to kind of get business cards and stuff like that. So, so if you're looking to be in a movie, you should go to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, he'll yeah, yeah. be delighted with that. But he was kind <laughs> enough to do it. And, um, yeah, See, it that, what that, that is, that's that like, sort of typical thing you hear that it just takes one person to give you like yeah, that kind break. of I, I believe in you type yeah, thing even it. if they don't physically say them words they just you give you the nod like, yes yeah. to, like as to everything like yeah. I could have just rolled over and gone nah I'm gonna stay home and do up like a Goodfellas pizza and watch <laughs> a movie on Sky for the day but just saying yes to that led me to that yeah. as well so like unless Do- unless Hard was on you definitely made the right choice <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, I mean. so so something common there uh Two of us are TV celebrities, so he starred this year <laughs> in Fair City. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so. Rocco. Here we go. It's kind of a big deal around this what, area. What were you in Fair City? I was a, I was a guard. I was a character called Rocco. Rocco, okay, yeah. very good. I was a wheelchair basketball star. Awesome, man. Yeah, I missed the basket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, drove me car, dropped me board off, asked was there any parking. That's me gone. <laughs> I had, was in it for five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're a multi-millionaire <laughs> yeah. all, um, the, all the RT money well, I'm not sure how this will translate onto the podcast but I'm full sure Danny wants you to try and do something like guess on his pin number on his ATM card or something I'm, I'm far too kind of giddy and all to like be just pure fanboy and be like do magic man yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 at the end but I know because like I'm yeah. like total yeah you're rushing away there like. I like to know how everything works and it does my head in and w- the first time I seen Paul do a trick we were at a party so it was a rare occasion that I was drinking and he was like have you ever noticed on the podcast how every week there's a rare occasion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rare, that was rare occasion then, and yeah. then rare occasion on like, Saturday. I mean, it's December. It's yeah. the time of the year, guys. I like literally allow myself off the hook for everything in December. No one needs mm-hmm. a six pack at Christmas, anyways. No, um, unless it's unless a six they're jumping into the open and then choking. Absolutely, I set that. I set that one up. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Paul. Um, do you remember? No. Y- do you remember years ago there was a show on Sky One, and it was magicians. Uh, revealing how the mass magician yeah they were revealing all the secrets so Val Valentino the guy's yeah. name was he got paid a lot of money by a network called Fox and uh, to do the reveal yeah, yeah. that's um, why he had to be masked because he knew he'd get in love but he was kind of they figured out who he was I think someone made a documentary like an indie documentary trying to figure out who the masked magician was but no what, what were your thoughts on that or were you were you I wasn't in, into magic then no what Which are your thoughts on it now then um, it's shocking it's, it is terrible because what a lot of people don't know is that the amount of money that goes into those illusions or creating those ideas like David Copperfield would have sued that guy for a lot of money wow, because they really? revealed a lot of his stuff absolutely like David Copperfield's stuff I went to see David Copperfield his show was incredible right? last year yeah Unbelievable! He spray paints most of that hair on now, but he's still a yeah, legend. Yeah, he tweeted yeah. me once, and that like made my life. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, but that guy's like, he sold more tickets than the Beatles yeah. to his shows. Yeah, David Copperfield. He's wow. grossed four. He's grossed just over four billion. He, he, owns, his he owns his own island. Yeah, Musha K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has a drive-in movie theater, and you can rent this island out for like now it costs millions. Yeah, it's next to Richard Branson's one. Yeah, he's made he's made something upwards of he's he's made billions. We were at the show last August in Vegas and one of my friends got called up on stage and was part of the act and then afterwards we were like, How did he do how did you do it? How did he do it? and he wouldn't say anything. To this day he hasn't opened his mouth about it. Good. Yeah. yeah. 
But there was a great trick where he just appeared on a Harley Davidson out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm going to do that later on. <laughs> <laughs> you might hear an engine noise. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. <laughs> but is, is, is Copperfield someone you aspire to? Absolutely. He's pay? a hero. Yeah, he's an absolute... Yeah. He's really solidified, like... How how good magic can be, even though he's very cheesy. Like he's very much wind and like the cheese works though. Yeah. The cheese for works for him. It works. Like, yeah. You can't like it wouldn't work for me. No. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't work for me now. I'll teach my, car. my hair's not long enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, meet down in the west of Galway on an island. Hello, say <laughs> <laughs> <Outside> in Irish. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's certainly he is incredible and he's very very funny. But his life story is really really interesting as well. But he just happens to have made like. A like an insane amount of money but the guy does two shows a day yeah. and apparently he gigs 365 days a year the MG has this res- yeah. residency in the MGM yeah, that's what yeah, I the, the contract money behind that would be insane like I know Chris Angel in the Luxor got I think it's 100 million he was given but no, over 10 years like, over yeah. 10 years yeah. so he's a contract for 10 years but you have to imagine imagine this imagine you're a painter right? and you love to paint and you love to be creative and you love to paint as much as you different things as you want but if I told you, you can only paint the same eight, the same maybe eight paintings for the next 10 years and you have to do it twice a day, every day. And you, you can't paint anything else. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. Because like, even when, when I went to see Penn & Teller, even like they were doing tricks that like I'd already seen. Two or three of them I hadn't seen before. But even at that, and like, there was that kind of part where like, my mind was still blown and I was still like, holy shit. And there is, like, it's weird. If you've never gone to see a live magic show or live kind of illusionist or anything like that, Go seriously, you won't regret it. It's a live yeah. art form. It's it designed is. to be done live. Ah, exactly, brilliant. and you will not regret. Like watching it on TV is grand and all, but actually seeing somebody in front of you do these things, like you will not regret going to see one. Like, um, but even at that, like my mind, I was still like taking over time, going, "What?" Because ah, like the, at the very start of their show, right, they invite the audience. Like, the, like they haven't come out on stage right yet. Before the curtain lifts and all that, you're allowed to go up. You're allowed to walk around the stage. So you can see like where they have the f- markings on the floor, obviously their cue points for certain things. They have some of the props on the floor and all that that you get to like, you can get into them, you can look at them, you can lift them, you can move them, you can do whatever you want to them, right? And we're, so I'm like doing all this because I'm like, holy shit, this pen tatter, so I'm like lifting it up and all, right? And there's this box on the stage that's on wheels and you can see under it. And I'm like, this what's the box like. But obviously in my head then I'm starting to go, it's never just a box. <laughs> and then I'm... Um, so, like like that, everybody's doing it. And people are getting into the box and they're taking photos and all this kind of stuff. And um, Penn comes out on stage then. And he starts talking a little bit about the show and what you can expect to see tonight and all that. And he goes, but obviously you might have realised that we're a man down here. So let me introduce you. Tell her. And he gets out of the box. And I'm like, right, I was just with that box like five minutes ago. <laughs> I can see under that box. So it's not like they slide him into the box. How the do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just makes you think all the time. It's just, but now it's something so simple like that, and because it's only when you see it up close or whatever that your brain goes, no, no, hang on a minute. Do you know what I mean? It's those little things like that that are just, yeah. and then obviously Copperfield, then you put that onto an even bigger scale, bigger with scale, yeah. throwing grated cheese at it all day. Like it's just. But we, we, Paul's last show was fucking my mind and even though I've seen Paul perform before and I know him it was still it was like I wasn't looking at you I was <laughs> looking at Rua obviously but um, the the Tinder thing you did was the best 10 minutes of my life like it was so funny the stuff that I do kind of in live shows it can fluctuate and like a lot of times if you look at say Copperfield and, Te- and Penn and Teller's show there's, yeah. there's like millions put into that 
but I don't have millions, <laughs> despite yet. what I might look like. <laughs> my tracksuit and my lovely warm don't, coat. Don't have millions yet. Not yet. <laughs> anyway, we're getting there. I don't even know if you get it's possible in Ireland, but um, <laughs> but uh, I love kind of small. I think when you see a big glamorous box like that, I'm not trying to ruin anything for you, but when mm. you see a big box like that, you're like, well, there has to be something there. Like there has to be yeah. some trick. But if I can just come out with a few pieces of paper and like blow your mind completely, like end your world yeah. in what you think. Or a few photos of people. Like we did this thing. Uh, we did a Tinder routine. It was Lindsay's talking about. So topical as well. And current like it's perfect. Yeah. So. Well, I, the whole idea of the last show I did was that I love the idea of using magic for kind of bad stuff. Right. Um, and I came up with this idea of a character called Rua who basically was on the run for years and got caught and thrown into jail. And he was using all these techniques to fleece people for money, which is what psychics do anyway. And that was the whole point of the show is to show that, look, Psychics are doing this. The only difference between a magician and a psychic is a magician tells you he's lying. Right. But we're using the same techniques. But anyway, one of the fun, one of the funner things that we did because we did a whole contacting the dead thing as well. But we had, uh, I think it was forty, forty-six or forty-seven photographs of faces on Tinder. And we got two girls up, and I was kind of using a bit of just a bit of crack. And you know, like, I think you go for like what we call a Mister Perfect, the perfect kind of guy that you can bring home to your parents. And then we get another girl up and go, and I think you kind of go for like boring bastards <laughs> so we missed her and they're both sitting on the stage and the idea is they can choose the photo the face of the guy do you like that guy yeah you can keep him if they don't want anybody they can just throw them on the ground so they end up with a pile of photos that they pick themselves but we've set we've kind of established at the start this girl i think she's going to go for the perfect guy this girl's going to go for the boring bastards and when they turn the photos around it's written on the back and all the ones that she's kept on the right the perfect girl She's kept all the ones that say Mr. Perfect. Right. And then the other girls kept all the ones that say Boring Bastard. So somehow they've kind of used their instincts to separate the ones that we've, we've wanted them to do. But that's take on an old card trick. Right. You be, there used to be a card trick called Out of This World. Uh, I don't want to reveal it. There's <laughs> loads of different ways of doing it. But it was a very famous trick because I fooled Winston Churchill a few times. And it's, it's about letting someone separate two decks of cards into red and black without them seeing the faces of the cards. So it's just, it was just an update of that. But um, it was current and it was fun and I got yeah. a lot of laughs in it as yeah. well because I kind of played this character that had a love system that could make that he I had all these ways to like to make anybody fall in love with me and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good fun. You, uh, you you mentioned there about the whole psychic side of things with mm-hmm. magicians and all that and there is like I, like loads of magicians go on about how like that's all bullshit and it's all bad for you kind of thing like mm-hmm. so you can kind of do bits of that and like is, is it cold reading people what is it exactly like, well can so, you say can yeah you? Uh, 100% yeah, I, well I feel very very strongly about psychics uh, and look at it this way okay feel very strongly against or for against them, them. Okay. yeah absolutely against them so the history of psychics I'm not going to give you a history lesson I promise I don't want anyone listening going, here comes <laughs> the science part <laughs> but the psychic industry was started in 1845 we call it the spiritualism industry by two sisters Kate and Margaret Fox in just outside New York. And they claimed that they could hear mysterious rappings against the wall um, in their house. You know that whole one knock for yes, two knocks for no? That's where that whole thing came from, these two sisters, Kate and Margaret Fox. And they believed that there was a spirit of someone that got murdered still in the house, and they could communicate with this spirit. So they became this local incredible attraction that people would come along to, and they would speak, essentially speak to the dead. And no one questioned it ever. 
obviously that spawned off imitators and people around the world were going oh we we're having a similar experience and it's you know we're hearing noises or not you know everyone had different things they came clean they were but they were the first but they came clean maybe 20 years later they put on a, sh a big show uh, and they came clean and said this is all a fake and one of them was an alcoholic because she felt so bad that they've created this religion essentially where people believe it's possible to contact the other side um, and what they were doing was they had they had figured out they could click their toes against a, a wooden floor, in a quite a, like if you yeah I heard it yeah. you hear that that yeah. kind of click. But they were doing that against wood, um, and they made that they made that their act essentially. But they told everyone it was real. They even brought a clinician like a clinic a clinician. What's the word a clinician? Clinic dude, a doctor. Yeah, they even brought a doctor yeah. on stage uh, to like to confirm that that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're actually clicking their toes. They've got double jointed toes. They can click it really, really loudly. Because what we have, like people can be very shut-eye about it and go, oh, they must be just saying that because they don't yeah. want to bring the pressure on because they're supernatural abilities. Um, but of course then the imitators were like, well, they're fake, but I'm the real deal. And what I'm doing is real. And that's kind of how it all it's how, all, it all how it's all after spanning now. Exactly, because yeah. Like but the weird thing is no one, no one stopped to say, well, hold on a minute. Like, they've just told us that they're fake. But people have put so much investment and so much faith into it that they, it was almost like they had put too much into it yeah. to go along. To and back miss. off. Yeah. There's so, so much money in the psychic industry. There is millions. Like, look at Sally Morgan. For you. Sally Morgan is like a despicable character. She makes absolutely, like, she's minted. She's got the TV yeah. series or live shows. She's, she does impersonations. Well, not impersonations. She claims she's channeling people on stage. So I've heard a story that she did this before. Now, bearing in mind that I know exactly how she's doing, all, everything she's doing, and it's not real at all. It's, it's, I can 100% prove as well. If, if, I, if you put her here, I would 100%. I would, I would lace her. I would love the opportunity. Have you ever done Sa it before Sally, with a psychic? Sally, if you're listening. Sally, <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you, I'll, let, I'll just get, get your opinion on this and just really? give you, the, your listeners, an idea of what the type of things she's doing is. So she claims that she's channeling someone, right? So she, I heard, that she does that every stage. So she does this is this absolutely stuff. fascinating. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm nerding out. I'm like, yeah, yeah. keep talking. <laughs> so she, she's channeling um, like a young girl, right? Uh, like a, a baby girl, a really young girl, and she's she's doing impersonations. She's going, daddy, daddy, and all this stuff, right? And the parents are there crying in the audience, because they're there because they believe, they paid the 60 yeah. quid or whatever it is, because they believe that she is the real deal and that she is going to contact their dead daughter. And she's going, she doesn't forgive you. She doesn't forgive you. She says, she doesn't forgive you. What happened? And it turned out the dad accidentally reversed over his daughter and killed her Fucking in a driveway. Hell. Now, she knows this because she has access to that information beforehand, what we call pre-show. So she's got access to that information. What's it called? Uh, pre-show. Pre pre so she'll have someone fill out a prayer card before, uh, before they go on to the stage, before they come into the theater. And then she has a, an earpiece and they'll just give her the information the prayer card's gone. There's a Tony in row 7B, daughter was killed in a car crash or car accident. And then all she's doing is just throwing out statements and Barnum, what we call Barnum statements, general statements, till she finds that, that one thing and then she'll go, she doesn't forgive you. And then she asked that and he said, yeah, he, had, he, you know, he walked out crying and all this stuff. But that's, that's a total lie. That yeah. guy might never see. He might go and kill himself now oh, because Christ. of that. It's pure 
it's, it, that is evil. Yeah, like, it's like, absolutely. Yeah. And every show, she's and making she's, money off that. one hundred percent. Yeah, but she, a lot of them are making money off it. They're all yeah. there's oh, every year there is a, a million dollar prize up for grabs from the James Randi Foundation in Las Vegas, and all you have to do is if you're a psychic, if you like, for example, if she makes her living doing stage shows. All you need to do is come down to Vegas. They'll pay for your flights. You have to come to Vegas and basically do your show in front of a panel. Uh, and they might give you a few tests and go, okay, what about this? What about this? And the idea is they want to find us. Like, they want yeah. to go, yeah, here is a million. Like, now you've just changed the way we live because now we know it's possible. No one in 35 years, or well, it might be 40 years now, has ever even come close to, yeah. to claiming that. Was it? I can't remember if this was just in that Houdini thing we talked about earlier if I read it because or like, like between Wikipedia and documentaries yeah. and all that all that sort of stuff was taken off big time around his time as well One of the, I could tell you the best the coolest well I could tell you a lot of stuff this, <laughs> I don't want to ramble too much was this the whole thing of he had like a safe word with his wife or something and I have the well basically I actually have these words tattooed down the side of my body deadly that's <laughs> amazing, this is amazing this is um, so Houdini had a crazy close relationship with his mother, right? That, yeah, yeah. Cecilia Weiss. Uh, and when she died, the spiritualism world was just kicking off. And he thought, I'm going to go to all these psychics and try and contact my beloved mother. So he went to a few seances and he went to a few of these things and he immediately realized they're using the same tricks that I do, except I'm a magician and they're, they're not. So then it kind of pissed him off to the point that he went on a crusade for the, like, the latter years of his life around America, giving lecture talks to everyone. And basically going, don't trust these people. This is an absolute scam. So they stood to make, they, they lost a lot of money because of Houdini, that whole industry. A lot of people don't know this, but Arthur Conan Doyle, the guy who gave us the master of rationalism, Sir Sherlock Holmes, you know, yeah. Sherlock Holmes, uh, he gave us Sherlock Holmes and he was, a, he was like the father figure, the figurehead of the spiritualism world, Arthur Conan Doyle. And he met Houdini a few times, and him himself and Houdini started as friends and then became like enemies because Arthur Conan Doyle thought Houdini was the real thing. And there's loads of letters between them going, look, you can tell me it's okay. Like, I, I know you're the real deal. I know you're a psychic. I know you can melt through metal and all this stuff. And Houdini's like, no, man. Like, he actually showed him how things were done. Yeah. He goes, look, I'm going to show you a whole psychic act in his house. He did a whole psychic routine for Arthur Conan Doyle. Conan Doyle's blown away. And then he goes, this is how I do it. And he's like, you're just making that up. You're just showing me that explanation just so that I won't badger you anymore. But he wanted him to join him on the tours and, and promote spiritualism. So they eventually became enemies. Houdini was killed because he took a punch um, to the stomach. Now, the story behind it is he was in McGill University in Montreal. And, and apparently, it's yet to be proven how true this bit is, but he used to, I think he did it maybe twice. He used to do a trick where he could take a punch from any man in the stomach. Uh, and be fine and be totally cool with it so he was backstage and if you can imagine someone sitting in like a psychologist or a psychotherapist's office you know you'd lie back on one of those kind of lounger chairs or whatever yeah. Yeah. as you're talking about your your problems there was three students in the room two were one was interviewing him one was doing a sketch of him and the other one no one really knew why he was there they just thought he was with another college newspaper and his name was jay gordon whitehead and halfway through the interview, he goes, Mr. Houdini, is it still true you can take any punch from any man? And Houdini was saying, yeah, but he was just trying to stand up from the seat. If you can imagine yourself just trying to stand up from the seat you're in now. And this guy ran in and punched him three times as hard as he could in the stomach as he was trying to get up off the, the, the chair. So that ruptured his appendix, gave him something called peritonitis. And um, 
he made the guys leave. No one ever saw that guy again. There's only one photo that exists of this guy that punched him, which I think is fascinating. Uh, and he also, he, he used to be an ex-boxer, and he had ties to the spiritualism world as well. So one of the theories behind how well, Houdini got killed is that Arthur Conan Doyle might have sent this sent guy this in guy, to go, yeah. look, smash him in the stomach. But on a, his wife was dodgy. Houdini's wife was a bit dodgy as well. She, um, she found out he was having an affair, uh, an affair with a lady called Charmaine London, whose husband was Jack London. He's quite a famous author. And the two of them had an affair. She used to call him my magic lover. <laughs> <laughs> and she found that out. And there's evidence that she paid someone off uh, to give a, a certain statement to the cops when Houdini died. So she paid someone off to give an affidavit that wasn't real. Because she would have stood to have made a huge amount of money uh, off his insurance if he, you know, when he died. So she could have been involved as well. Um, but anyway, on his deathbed... He said that, look, when I die, all the psychics are going to start saying that uh, Houdini's coming through and he's saying he should never have messed with us and to <laughs> believe in the afterlife. And he didn't want his legacy you know, f- fucked with, for yeah. want of a better word. So himself and his wife used to do a show on stage where they would do a mind reading act and they could code certain things to each other by using certain words. So he gave her a 10 word code, uh, which is just random words. It wouldn't make sense to anybody. And uh, he said, I want you to go to every psychic you can possibly find. And if you ever hear those 10 words, you'll know it's me talking to you from the other side. And that you can believe in life after death. And she never heard any of the words. But the words, when you add them, each one basically corresponds to a letter of the alphabet. Uh, So when you put the word, the letters together, it says the word believe. As in believe in life after death. And the first word in the code is Rosabelle. Because the moment he saw her, the first time he ever saw her, she was on stage. She used to be part of a singing act called the Floral Sisters. And she was singing a song called Rosewell. He said it was the moment he fell in love with her. And that was the first word in the code. I've got those, yeah, 10 words tattooed down the side of my body as well. Jesus, <laughs> that's crazy. mad. Like, that is actually amazing. Like, it's crazy. I am, um, like, I understand, like, I'd be completely skeptical about that and, and, and don't believe in it. But at the same time, I can't help myself. But kind of every the psychic. so often. Yeah, the psychic side of things. And haven't, I haven't time for it I've, I don't know, I don't believe in it, but at the same time, I kind of, like that, I'm fascinated because I know, I'm like, there's a way they're doing this and I want to know more about yeah, it and all yeah. that. So, we went to uh, a seance in Charleville Castle. It was around Halloween, around five, five, six years ago. And um, in the seance, uh, like that, like, complete darkness, just candles, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, right, well, they're doing this so you can't fucking see people moving shit. That's what's going <laughs> Right, so it, it started to spell stuff out. And as I was spelling stuff out, I just kind of went, and I, I don't know what made me, but I just kind of went, why do ghosts always have perfect spelling? <laughs> yeah. And I did, and I just went, what if they're dyslexic? <laughs> and apparently, this made the spirit angry. Uh, yeah. And the thing flew off, and the lights magically came on, and I was asked to leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, no and yeah. I was made sit outside in a dark hall. You're, resi- <laughs> you're resisting the forces, is yeah. what they call yeah, it. Yeah, right. And, and then apparently, but the second I left, the spirit was happy again and everything went well. And the <laughs> seance went perfectly. And I, <laughs> it was able to spell out the name of a little girl who fell down the stairs in this house and died and all this kind of stuff, right? And then, so in, in my head, with that one, I was like, that's pure fucking bullshit. Bullshit. You know, Houdini, like, when he went to, to try and find someone that could communicate with his mother, they claimed that they were channeling his mother. Yeah. And he kind of sat there. And at the end, he was like, that's amazing. And she goes, oh, that was your mother that came through. She kind of acted like she doesn't know who comes through. But this lady came through and she was saying, oh, my son, I love you. And also he goes, no, it's amazing. He goes, she's obviously learned to speak English in the afterlife because <laughs> his mother only spoke German. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. 
Come here, um, you know the way you said about the, the prayer cards? Yeah. I'm so fascinated by that. You know the way the little, there's, the, like in, in, in Donnelly Rat Down, there's pubs that do these psychic nights and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. There's a famous one in Ireland, I can't think of her name now. Is she does Bernie she the Bernie Stokes? Bernie Stokes. Never who, heard who it. There's I a lot. There's a I lot of them. I've asked Bernie Stokes to come on this podcast. Please, and, uh, have you? Yeah, and she refused. Well, there's a, like she. Oh, sorry, well, sorry, she never got back to me. Just to clarify that, she she just quite like ignored the request. The, 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 she does shows and pubs. So would she have people? a team given given out prayer cards I would absolutely imagine she would also use a lot of cold reading you can also use a lot of hot reading as well so the difference between cold reading and hot reading hot reading is if you have information about a person beforehand now because of the day and age we live in with Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff you can find out quite a lot about people what psychics used to do in the old days to get hot reads were they would pay off a priest in the town go to the town and find out the names of the people that had just died and find out why they had just died, and then they could do a show and go. This person's coming. So they'd actually go to those lengths. Oh, uh, you it wouldn't. You wouldn't believe yeah. some of the lengths that people like. Yeah, it's inc- it's absolutely incredible. And then cold reading. I did a demonstration of cold reading in college on stage. This will highlight exactly how how general you can be with it. So. One cold reading statement. It's a Barnum statement that could be quite general, but it might apply to one person more than the rest. And I pointed, I just pointed at a group of maybe 10 girls, just pointed at an area, and I said, I'm getting someone in this area had a, there was an accident involving, I'm just seeing water, the word water is coming through in this area. And one girl, like, grabbed her mouth and was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And I was like, stand up, so that, that is you. And I said, you have, a, you have a scar on your left knee. And she goes, oh, Jesus Christ, as if, like, yeah. I'm doing miracles here. <laughs> Most people could really have an accident involving water when they're kids. It could, you could be dropped in the bath. It could be the first time you tried to swim. Yeah. Most people have a scar on their left knee or their right knee just from falling or from something. And if they go, no, I have a scar on my right knee, I go, yeah, well, that's exactly what I meant. Sorry, it's just a perspective that I'm looking at you. I meant that side. But anyway, so I said this water thing, right? Brilliant. I, this is, this, I, I, was, I was nearly as more surprised and more impressed at this trick <laughs> than she was. I said the thing about water. And I said, would you tell everyone, we'll get a microphone over to her, we'll get a microphone over, tell everyone, as if like I already knew what it was, like, you tell everyone here, because they want to know as well. <laughs> and she goes, when I was a kid, I accidentally pulled a Waterford crystal vase off the top of the shelf in our living room, and it nearly smashed onto my head, but it broke on the ground. And she just linked the word water, water to, to that. Man. Yeah. Because <laughs> while I plugged in, you do a lot oh of stuff, like a, a lot of people were very worried and upset over this, this accident. It's just another way because that could be so general that, yeah, yeah, my parents were freaking out or my dad jumped into the pool when he realized that I needed my armbands to, you know. But when I said that, a lot of people could be upset. She was like, my parents were pissed that yeah. I dropped yeah. their water. For, and yeah. she just people just link and latch it, onto see, things. It's, it's, it's mad, like, because the, just to jump back to what I was saying, even, and it goes into this, because the second thing that I don't, besides that science thing, was I went to a psychic because my girlfriend, who believes in all of it, and she was like, you have to go, you have to go. And I was like, right, look. We'll go purely out of curiosity because like that I'm fascinated like, mm-hmm. and uh, and she went in before me and I was like right I'm not gonna go in with you or at the same on the same day or not because if she sees us pulling up the same car or that, and then you know some stuff she said to you she can so I was like no I purely want to go and so um, I went in and it was it was actually just after I had knee surgery so I'm limping right <laughs> so of course she picks up that I'm limping and she's like uh, she's like I'm sensing that you had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, but yeah, yeah. She's Mate, like, I want crutches for yeah. <laughs> and she was like, um, what would happen if I wheeled in? <laughs> she I'm was sensing like, that you're lazy. Yeah. She was like, is it your back? I was like, oh, it's not your back. No, no. <laughs> she was like, have you ever had trouble with your back? And I was like, no, no. Whatever. She goes, I get the sense that you might have something wrong with your back. And I was like, no, no, not me back. And she's like, I think maybe you should ask somebody about your back. Do you have, does anybody in your, your family have back problems? I was like, no, no. So this went on about a half hour and then eventually she kind of completely changed it. So in my head I'm like, fucking idiot shit, right? Do you know what I mean? But towards the very, very end, the very last thing she said to me, and this is the bit where the spirit comes through, the very last thing she said to me was, I'm picking up on, he's your granddad, but he's not your granddad. And in my head I went Like a granddad figure She probably said Yeah and I was like I don't get you And she was like You called somebody your granddad Who wasn't your granddad And and then my head went Shit she's got me Because my ma's uncle Jack Who my granddad was dead Before I was one Like so I have no memory Of my granddad So when I was growing up my ma's uncle to me was my granddad purely because like mm-hmm. he was an old man that oh we go man. visit yeah, you know yeah, what I mean it's very common when exactly, they, use, yeah, exactly. they use that a lot like well, that's what I was just going to say that must be in Ireland super common exactly yeah, yeah. So right, a so father figure they'll go with but you see yeah. like a really clever way that they get around these, these things are, it's, it's, we call it memory and time distortion right there's a great book called The Full Facts of Cold Reading by a guy called Ian Rowland. And Ian Rowland went into maybe, I think I can't remember the number, but he went to, let's say, 80 psychic readings, and he secretly recorded all of them so that he could play them back. And he figured out the amount of what we call hits and misses. Hits are when I see a reaction in your face, and I'm going to c- keep going on that subject, and I'm yeah. going to keep bullshitting till I get another hit. So if I'm saying to you, there, there is a father figure or someone that was almost like a father or a grandfather. If I see your eyes do a certain thing or your mouth move, like accessing a memory or something like that, I'm going to yeah. go hard on that subject and keep going deeper on that. So, so are you that well honed that you pick up on the slightest yeah, kind of twitch yeah, of the lips? You have to be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you have to be. Um, but it in this mad. book, he figured out that maybe 70... He had other people go in as well, so he recorded all these things. And that maybe 75% of everything they said was a complete miss. Nothing like remotely true and it was just bullshit statements yeah uh, and then the other stuff that they got right was stuff that the person had actually said it just in a different way so if you said at the start oh my aunt sheila passed away or whatever and that's then sorry hang on hang on a second i don't know if that's just pure <laughs> no and i'm not making this up i'm good i'm good <laughs> this is fucking mad because the the chap and Tommy, Grandad Jack, his wife is Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> She's, She's here. here. Yeah, do you hear the, do you hear the no, knocks upstairs? Yeah. <laughs> They're not my no, toes. I'm just like what? <laughs> <laughs> but you see, you, they they would get the, a lot of the stuff wrong, <laughs> and then the stuff they get right is stuff that you would have, but you you would have told them in a way, and you probably forget about it. Yeah. So yeah. then at the end, she can go, and I'm seeing, is it is it Sheila? But. The people that want to believe aren't going to go, yeah, but I told you that at the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly, They're yeah. going to go, yeah, is Sheila there? <laughs> but isn't that what psychics say, say though, isn't it? Like, they, they'll say uh, they'll say something along the lines, you have to want to believe Of course, yeah, to, of course. You, know. you see, it's, kind of, it's an awkward situation. To, it's an awkward thing to talk about with some people because it's like religion in a way, and I'm not going down that road at all. Yeah. But it's... I'm not a religious person, and it's wrong of me. I think, well, I, I kind of believe it's wrong of me to go after someone and go, oh, you're an idiot for believing in, yeah, you know, because yeah. yeah. it's not my place to say you're entitled to believe in what you want to believe in. 
a lot of people get a lot of solace and relief from going to psychics. And sometimes they just hear something that they need to hear. Yeah. Uh, and to them, it's a good thing. And I don't, well, I, think, I still think it's horrifically wrong. But I don't It's horrifically it's wrong of the, the psychics the, to do that. The psychics so to do it. Of it. Yeah, but that's you're, a, you're, but you're kind of saying that whoever wants to spend their money and to be comforted by that, go ahead. But if you need here's the disclaimer. That's it. It's fake. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it's completely, provably like completely fake like it's religion you could probably debate that in different ways but yeah. this the techniques the way it's done but I but guarantee so why do you why do deception artists and psychics have a war with each other because you're rev- you're revealing their them because well because we don't believe in taking we're, we're entertainers yeah we're not claiming that what we're doing is real like there's a part of my show that you saw Lindsay it, you, there was a night where a young guy burst into tears on stage because I was doing a contact in the dead routine and uh, he was just crying inconsolably because we I'm doing inverted commas we brought through this it turned out through cold reading and all this stuff that I used that a friend of his committed suicide and we brought that out on stage and he just broke down crying but it highlighted the fact that this can be so powerful these techniques can be so yeah. powerful and if that guy if I was an actual psychic and he knew he wasn't at a magic show that guy would just lose his mind and I could yeah. have said anything I could have gone down the darkest road and says she blames you she said you put pressure on her in a relationship or you did you asked to love her and all that i could go any route i wanted um but it's all entertainment other psychics don't do that they're just taking your money and you hear all these stories manipulation versus entertainment really absolutely and you hear all these stories of them kind of go like they'll have their regular customers just know well there's bernie down the road will give me 50 quid every time she comes up yeah. But she's just going to give the same information again and again. But some people want that comfort. So I guess, it's, I guess it's for other people to decide. Is it worth it to give kind of an older person comfort? Now, I guarantee you will have listeners and they'll be saying to themselves, that's not true. I went to a psychic and he <laughs> knew this, 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 and this, and this. Yeah. Mm. And I would say that I would nearly be able to bet. And I bet you they'll say back, because I've had this conversation a million times. They go, no, everything he said was incredible. He said, the minute I walked in, he said something and it was bang on. I said, no, I bet you if you had a recording of that, ha- over half the stuff he said would be complete, complete bullshit, yeah. completely wrong. He's just used time distortion and you've only remembered the good bits. Yeah, it's like when you course. look back at a bad relationship, you only remember the good bits. Yeah. And if you go in wanting to believe, you're not going to come out going, oh, he got that wrong, he got that wrong, he got that wrong. You're going to come out going, he knew this one piece of information which is incredible. And that's all they're going to focus on. Mm. I, I could actually spend hours just <laughs> yeah. talking and listening about this. It's, it's amazing. Like it's, and to hear somebody who actually knows what to talk about. Talk, talk about, about it, it, yeah. Because I know quite a few people that do. Yeah. Would take yearly visits to a psychic and... I can count three or four less fans now, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Never come and see me live. Well, <laughs> no, it's like they, they want to speak to their dead auntie or they want to speak like to... Uh, they, you know, they want to see what's in line for their future and stuff like that. Yeah. When you think about it, you should be able to sit in front of a psychic and not say anything, and they should be able to tell you. Of course, yeah. You should, should be able, able to talk. Yeah. Yeah. There should be none of this kind of going. I'm seeing a James. Is it Jane? No, it's John. <laughs> no, no, it's Janet. Just is common it, names. Though. Yeah. Is there a female figure named Janet? Yeah. And then when you go, no, they'll go. I'd ask your, I'd ask your mother about that because she might have. She might have a Janet. You know, <laughs> you see some of the funniest fails. With the side. I'd love, I, like, I'd have the time of my life going into them all the time. You know, I just don't want to give them the money, you know. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about Paul Daniels? <laughs> 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 that 
That's magic. Um, <laughs> we're running out of time, lads. Which, which is really, really annoying because like I'm proper just kind of like keep geeking talking, out, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> so, is, is there any other questions before you? you well, 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 look. First, one, I suppose one of the most important things is: Do you have any gigs right, coming up that we can go watch it? Or <laughs> I've nothing to plug. I'm just busy doing my Christmas stuff at the moment, uh, and that's mental. So we might be. There's a chance we might tour the show that I've been talking about throughout yeah. this. Uh, we're just looking at venues and stuff. It has to be a really specific venue for what we want to do. So, but uh, yeah, nothing to plug. I just came to hang out with you guys. So. That's, that's <laughs> awfully nice. But if there is that, do let not for the li- fuck the listeners. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Meryl, we front center. Going, yeah, do another one. Do another do one. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look here. Look before you go, do do something, man. <laughs> am, I allowed, am I allowed to get like a deck of cards from, like, to start off with? Like, I've got yeah, some, yeah, I've got a deck yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna move this just, mic. So yeah, I'll turn it off there for yeah. a sec. Yeah. Um, that's how he won me over with a deck of cards and a marker. That's and a what? Oh, <laughs> a deck of cards and a marker. I just said it a Mars bar. Like, you eat Mars bars? <laughs> See, it's it's crazy, like because this this whole thing is just for me. It's mind blowing because I do yeah. absolutely love all this shit. So like, and even even the last half hour talking about psychics, and I'm like, yes, it's all bullshit, but this is amazing. <laughs> so now it's home time, and I hate home time. So. <laughs> It fascinates me because, like, I'm a control freak, and then Paul does stuff, and I'm like, "There's obviously a technique you're using, but and I, I'm a clever person. I should be able to figure <laughs> it out, but fuck, I can't figure it out. What the fuck did you just do? It's ridiculous. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And that's why I? it becomes infectious. You dropped that f bomb a lot of times. There's tonight. been a lot. Yeah. Of, this is so exciting. Oh my god, oh, before before here, listen, oh, well, you be a, careful. That's a he's, he's, <laughs> he's obviously got over the trauma of the fire. <laughs> I was going to um, say, Jesus, has anybody got a bottle of beer just in case something goes wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can, you know what? Hang on there, I'll bring this in a bit. Will, will I film this potentially for our Facebook page or something? If, a if, little tiff? If or if what do you know what? Well, I'll do a bit of mind reading with you towards the end. How about that? Dead. Yeah, yeah I want to do mind reading. Right, blow right, blow yeah. my mind. So we'll start with this and we'll see what happens. Uh, out of, what kind of phone do you use out of interest? HTC. Uh, no, it's cool. Just out of interest. Just cool. <laughs> he's, not, he's not an iPhone type. Oh. No, it's, yeah, you know, I love using iPhones for certain things, but they, they're also a really nice size. But ah, I, okay. But I won't say anything else. Um, Even so that, I'm like, look how he shuffles the deck. Look how he shuffles the deck. <laughs> so I put my wallet there just for now, if that's cool. Right. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. But do I need to, are you, are you recording this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, on, very yeah. nice. Okay, so you have to watch my hands. If I get a chance to cheat, I will, okay? Who's this? Who are you doing this on now? I'm going to, well, I'll try, I'll use it to you. How about okay, that? Okay? So you can actually take these, if you rub them the right way, the cards completely change. It's very handy in a game of poker, right? Give it another rub. Give the card a little rub, okay? Just that, if you rub the cards the right way, the cards completely change. It's very handy in a game of poker, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Sorry, that just went from the four of diamonds, the six of spades, just like just like that. Yeah, just <laughs> so Graham, as I run in the side of the deck, just like that, just said stop. That way you don't have to reach across. Okay, stop there. Okay, can you look at that card and memorize it? If yeah. it, you actually, if you want to, just take it in your hand. Don't just don't let me see it. It makes my job a bit too easy. Okay, uh, and yourself, you can grab any card that you want as well. Don't you? Anyone that you want. Take a good one, Dan. Not that one. Not that one. I'm just joking. Now, are you happy with that, or do you want to change your mind? I'm happy. Cool. Okay. So you can do something a little bit different because you're a little closer. You're going to write your name on the face of the card on the white side. Okay. Okay. How many decks of cards do you go through? You don't want to know. (laughs) You do not want to know. Just your name and your bank details would be great. <laughs> it's all zeros anyway, don't Someday. we? Yeah, I'm going to show the gang, and that way you can recap the pen, okay? So we're going to put it roughly about halfway into Thanks the deck, just like that. Thanks, mate. One, two, three. for years in school. I'm just going to cut it. Graph. You guys can trust me on that. I'm just going to cut it into the middle just a few times. Even like that's that, mad. Okay? <laughs> 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 it's only another mix-up. Were we to remember Dan's card? It's okay. You, 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 do you remember what the card was? 
Uh, yeah, 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 it has your name on it. So if we see it again, you recognize <laughs> it. Yeah. Now at the start, I put my wallet down. Do you remember that? We do. Yeah. Yeah. At the start, you see inside the wallet, I've got a piece of paper. I put these over here. It's just uh, it's just a piece of receipt paper. Okay. And don't look at my last purchases when I open this. I might get embarrassed. It's <laughs> <laughs> microwave meals for one and cat food. <laughs> the life of the life of a, the life of a magician. <laughs> but receipt paper does a really cool thing. If you, I'm sure you've seen this in like a takeaway, but if you get a bit of heat, that's the noise of a lighter running underneath, it will go black. Okay, I'm sure you've right. seen that before. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes that can reveal a hidden message. Now you've got a card in your hand that you got at the start. I've literally no idea what it is. So, um, do you want to? Actually, we'll do this first. That way we can't cheat. Would you just hold the edge there for me, okay? Yeah. I want you to stare at the receipt. Just actually further back. Sorry. Stare at the receipt, but think about the name of the card that's in your hand, okay? We'll what, what do I have to do? Just you think about the name of the card. The card. Oh, stare yeah. at that as well, okay? So do you see the paper? Yeah. And just tell me if you see any shapes or lines appearing, okay? You can look. It's cool. Okay, let me see. Just hold it flat, a little bit flat. Sorry, just sir. like that. So you see some lines and shapes appearing there? Yeah. Just like that. What? Just like that. <laughs> uh, and I know no one can see ah, this. Ah, fuck off! <laughs> 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 it's really nice to meet you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Mero's card obviously is the jack of diamonds. So, so Mero had the jack of diamonds, and basically what happened is by using the lighter, Paul has just managed to make that appear in a Tesco receipt <laughs> that was in his wallet. <laughs> Like the jack of diamonds is still on on the floor. Like this <laughs> after Mary's tantrum, burnt on. That isn't <laughs> <laughs> his face. You can keep that. Someday that'll be worth absolutely nothing. <laughs> don't forget, we have one more card to find as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, right, what right. the fuck? Hit that? <laughs> <laughs> so you see, if I go through this deck, if I touch the cards, you'll think, okay, this guy's cheating because he's obviously good with his hands, right? Right. So before I came in, I wrote something inside here. You see this zip compartment? Right. <laughs> it's actually got my lucky card inside. Ah, yeah. Right? <laughs> now, it's, you can confirm it's sealed inside. That's zipped. Yeah, it was zipped, yeah. Now, this is like my prediction as to what card you chose. Remember what card? What was the name of the card that you chose? That's not yeah. going to be the signature card. <laughs> it can't be. What was the name of the card that <laughs> you chose? It can't be. My mind is still blown by that. It was the, <laughs> I think it was the Eight of Clubs, the Eight of Spades. I can't remember which. But it has your signal. It has your signature on it, right? <laughs> yeah. Remember, I talked about memory distortion and how bad someone's memory can be. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a nine of diamonds? It was. Yeah, it actually was. Wasn't. <laughs> it was yeah. cool. I didn't want to say. If that was a nine of diamonds, that'd be kind of cool, right? Right. But if I can get the one with your signature on there, that'd be I can. And that is, and that's. Oh my god. That's like that was right, so I <laughs> he's still he's just flicking the card and I'm like what? Crazy. So like how the fucking receipt <laughs> How does a lighter shape the card? <laughs> Lindsay, do you wanna can you do you need yeah. your microphone? Or I'll can bring you? it with me. Okay. Yeah, bring it with me. Hang on, I'll just turn you off for a second. So that so right, just just to kind of some way what I, uh, Mero's, <laughs> Mero's reaction and everything that happened there made me actually forget the character I picked. <laughs> That's but, okay. but thankfully, I had signed a fucking thing so I couldn't lie about it. <laughs> and he that card was in his wallet. Z zipped up in the wallet. Like, his wallet was in front of me for the entire fucking trick. Like. <laughs> they're not How called tricks. They're called illusions. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. It's a crazy illusion. Oh, thank you very much, my Jack. Awesome. All right. So because we have your that's actually amazing, by the way. Thank, thank you very much. Cool. I work out. <laughs> so because we have uh, your card, why don't we get Lindsay to add her name onto it as well? Okay. Okay. So Lindsay, you yeah on the same card. Okay. So that's your nine of diamonds. I am. 
haven't practiced my autograph as much as Dan. <laughs> Many a copy in school. Oh, I actually still have the card, that the initial card from the initial trick you ever done for me. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, this is kind of, I think I can kind of guess, it, but it might be similar. Because you've got fast hands because you fight, okay? So would you hold your hand out flat for me? A little bit closer. Uh, you are going to be my beautiful, well, my assistant. Will <laughs> <laughs> you hold that for me? Thank you so much. So I'm going to take that. Fold it into quarters, just like that, okay, on the edges as well. And I want you to just curl your fingers tight on that, okay, and extend your fists out like that, okay, as if you're going to punch me in the face, okay. and maybe you will after this. Uh, I'm going to take my pen back. Thank you so much. Okay, the next card down is a four of hearts. My name is Rua when I perform, so I'll just use Rua on this, okay? You can see me writing it, right? Yep. So, blow that dry. I'll take my Rua card. I'm going to squeeze it tight just like that. That way I can't cheat. You know what's going to happen here, guys, right? <laughs> and I'm going to roll my sleeves in case I'm going to cheat. Will you just push your finger, push, just push your hands against mine, okay? Really tight. Okay, so she's pushing her fists against mine, and the idea is I want to do something really, really fast here, okay? So no matter what, don't open your fists, okay? okay. One, two, three, just like that. Uh, and if I've done this right, I now have your card. What? <laughs> 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 and I have fall through it. <laughs> And I literally didn't open my fist at all. Right, so what happened there? What? This <laughs> right, so he got Lindsay to sign a card, right? The same card that I had. So it was the Nine of Diamonds. I had signed it, Lindsay had signed it, and then Lindsay put it into her fist. And then closed fist. Closed fist, yeah. Real Real signed his card then. Sorry, hang on, I'll turn Lindsay off for a second. I'll <laughs> go with that again. So Lindsay had signed the card that I had signed. She had it folded up in quarters in her closed, clenched fist. Rua then signed a separate card done the same thing with his fist and essentially had a fist bump motion going on <laughs> and so what the cards so the card was in your hand and it opened his hand like how did you like because did, did you do a swap were you in on that like Seven times. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because you are like, do you know how strong my wrists are, Dan? I'm not gonna let anyone question my my, my fist. Yeah, that's a fair I point, kept actually. that fist closed. <laughs> that's mad. That was actually ridiculous. Like, we could try one more. All right, but I'll do a dual thing on the two of you. Is that cool? Yeah, but yeah, let's go. Okay, no, so the bit with you might work or it might not work, but I know okay. the bit with you because I've been watching your face all day, so I'll I should be able to do something. Right, okay. So do me a favor, just make sure that you can't bend that or break that in half, okay? Five cent. Yeah. And you want me to make sure I it's can't not break. edible. It's, yeah, it's not edible or anything. Right, okay. It's real, yeah. Okay. And I want you to think about would you are you a righty or a lefty? I'm a lefty. Okay. So will you think about the le uh, the first name of someone that you care about? Okay. Okay, we're gonna get you to write something down. So you hold that tight for me, okay? Just hold your hand up flat. But really tightly, okay? So curl your fingers in. Yeah. Okay, you can still feel the coin. I can. Okay, extend your wrist there, okay? So you're not gonna move from this position for maybe just till I ask you. I'm scared okay? now, yeah. Okay. That's all right, and you've got a nice watch there. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a wall up on your Okay, so here's what I'm going to get you to do. Just for the sake of clarity, and that okay. way you can't change your mind and cheat at the last minute. Not that I think you would, <laughs> but I think you've got a streak of divilment in you. Write down the first name of someone that you care about there, and then uh, okay. hold it down so that we can't see, and we'll put it back with the business cards. Right, just the, the same name I thought about a second yeah. ago. Uh, yeah, but just not Sheila, okay? <laughs> 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 that, that, might be, that might be a bit too easy. Okay, all right. Just in, just in capital so that everyone can read it if we want to check it at the end, okay? Okay. Okie dokie, so we'll put it flat down, and you can make sure that you can't, there's nothing dodgy there, you can't see okay. through that around that, okay? No, it's all good. Uh, we'll take out a blank business card, that way I can do some writing. Is that cool? Yeah. All above board? Okay. okay. Very good. So fair so far, okay? So you've got a five cent piece. Yeah, in the closed checked, fist. And it's in your hand, it hasn't left your hand, and you're thinking of the first name of someone that you care about, that's not Sheila, right? Yeah. 
is it something like Sheila? No, I'm joking. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a Sheila here. You're blocking the spirits. Please stop blocking the spirits. Okay, so can you hold your hands out flat for me? This way, this way. Yeah, now remember, this is a game of me versus you. So awkwardly, <laughs> you're not allowed to talk after this moment, okay? So okay. palms up. Palms up. So basically, you're going to give away a lot of stuff okay. without wanting to. Now, remember I said that you're not going to talk. <laughs> Maybe you can laugh if I get this stuff right. But, uh, so I need to figure out a few different things about this name. So it's going to feel like mind reading, but it's not. It's psychology. So you're either thinking of a male name or a female name. So just think about whether it's a male name or a female name. See that little tongue movement? Yeah. And he knows he's doing it now as well. So that's, that's a female name that you're thinking of. And that laugh confirms it. So now I know it's a female name, okay? But I need to know if it's like a typical name, like Anne or Sheila, or like a more unique name, like Siobhan, or something kind of more exotic. Very good, but what's this shaking that's going on here? Okay, we'll try it one more time. Okay, so just think normal or exotic. Just think normal or exotic, okay? And very good on exotic, you're smiling, so it's kind of an odd name. Yeah, perfect, okay, so. <laughs> so here's what I'm gonna get you to do. You're gonna say the alphabet out loud, okay? okay? But no matter how hard you try, you're gonna give something away on every letter that's in this name. No matter how hard you try. I'm just gonna say it loud. Yeah, and I'll probably stop you halfway through to point out one or two things, or stop okay. you whenever I want. But go for it. So starting from A, and you might do it maybe two or three times. Okay. Okay. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O O L M. So that's what we call a, just a little disconnect there. You see the M and N, and you said N twice. Uh, right. You said O twice because you were trying to relax and you've forgotten about something. So I know there's an N in the name. Right. And that tongue movement tells me that's a confirmation as well. So now we know there's an N in there somewhere. <laughs> but there's probably an O as well because that double on that double take that you did. So it's probably an O and an N. Thank you very much. That, that blink confirms it. <laughs> you can this feel is it. fucking ridiculous. So L M N O P. So keep going. P L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y and Z. So you did two big obvious blinks there. Um, I didn't even realise it. Yeah, I, I think you were trying to be clever and you were trying to throw me off. So there's either. <laughs> T-U-V, you said W-X-Y-Z, but you blinked on W and Y, which tells me that you're probably trying to hide the fact that there's an X in the name. <laughs> oh, God! Yeah? Very Holy cool. fuck! So, if I was able to use my predictive abilities, what was the name that you were thinking of? Oksana. Oksana. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> Holy shit! Now, the cool thing is... Why the fuck am I holding five cent piece? That's, that's <laughs> what we're going to get to. The cool thing is that... Where the hell did you get that name? If we were in a psychic environment right now, right, and I told you that I was a psychic, and that was a person that passed away, you would now believe that I'm a psychic. But if I wanted to take it to a more supernatural level, we could try something a little bit different as well. And I'd want you to think of a blue energy coming from your brain into that coin in your hand. And it's still there, right? It hasn't like disappeared or anything. No. You can still, you can still feel it. You can check it there, yeah? It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and just close your hand tight, okay? And he's just checked it, so it's all good. Yeah. I want you to imagine that you can bend that coin. That right. you could put a small curve in it, okay? Imagine the little crease lines if you need to, whatever you need to imagine. Imagine the little crease lines appearing and a small bend appearing in the coin. Okay? Right. Now, it won't be a big thing, but it could be a very, very small thing. And squeeze really, really hard. And this will be the supernatural ability, okay? And I want to... You're just going to turn your hand over and just open up your fingers and have a look at the coin and see if you've done anything to change it. Holy fuck. That five cent is bent. <laughs> <laughs> because it heated up, it was in his hands or not? If you can keep it, it's yours. There's nothing, there's no, uh, as you say, it was in your hands since the start. So it's your Mary, positive energy. Doing some Jesus. <laughs> 
Ah, here. <laughs> How? I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Is it because of the heat in my ar- in my hands? No, it's a supernatural ability that you have. <laughs> so will that stay bent? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cheers to keep. You're stronger than you think you are. Don't Just don't try and spend it anywhere near. <laughs> I'm gonna have five cents in my hand yeah, later. Yeah. Come on! <laughs> harder. What the hell? That is actually, um, like, what? <laughs> Oksana. Yeah. How the hell? He told me how he done it, and I still can't believe how he done it. Yeah. That was mad. Like, what? It's crazy. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh my God, man. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me, by the way. I've had a great time. No, thank you. Thank you. A little bit of indulgence on our part for the last 10 minutes, say, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this has been a treat for us. Never mind that. This is amazing. Like. How do people find you then, Paul, if they want to go and look? If you want to find me and find out what I'm doing, I, my website's iamrua.com. I am also on Twitter. Follow yeah. me, but don't unfollow me because I'll find out who you are <laughs> and, and I'll send you a... a a horrible photo. No, I'm just joking. I'm Rua underscore official and on Instagram, Rua underscore official. And you can find me on Facebook as well. So please do follow, add. You can look at videos of me and all that stuff and see Absolutely. my horrible scars and stuff wherever you want. <laughs> Amazing. Look, Paul, Rua, it's, um, my mind is blown. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. Been, <laughs> absolutely deadly. I love that. And do, when, when you do have something on, give Lindsay or us a shout and we'll plug the Jays out because that's like, he's still looking at the five cent. He's still baffled by it. Um, lads, I hope you've enjoyed that as much as I did. I've been a complete fanboy and loved oh, it. I so. don't think I've ever heard you so quiet down the last few minutes. I was only sure you like, you know what I mean, turning your mic off and just leaning in and staring at him. Really <laughs> 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 but, um, Should we just throw petrol on him and just oh. <laughs> Troy beer, apparently. Yeah. Which guy, so I don't know. But, that um, crazy, man. Listen, we are at WTS Pod on Twitter, and you can check out all our previous chapters on iTunes, on Podbean, on Stitcher, on any sort of Android podcast app. Just search WTS Pod. Uh, on Facebook or What's the Story podcast Graham is at American Mania Lindsay is at Lindsay Royal PT and I'm at Dan Joe Murray um, that's it for this week lads I'm, it's going to take me a week to recuperate after that <laughs> sorry for that the bad language from me I don't usually curse but, and, uh, look an exception has to be made like that is just um, yeah I don't know <laughs> I used to go home and try to explain to Oksana that your man did yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're not going to believe it. You're going to br- you're gonna have to break the news that our psychics are full of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and deception artists are the best. Yeah, more or less. That is exactly the lesson that we've learned from my life. And I have a bent coin in my pocket. And you have a bent coin in my pocket. Um, look, check out everything that we've just put there. Check out all the other episodes. Um, check out Paul, Brewer, and all the details. And so that's it. Just my mind's gone. That's it. I have to say. Good night. God bless. <laughs>